across the web. This is the girlsplayfooty.com. Match of the day. And a very good morning and welcome to the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day here at Box Hill City Oval. Today we are bringing you the Box Hill Hawks and the Cranbourne Eagles. Round four of the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition. I'm Peter Holden. Great to have your company. Plan to get through on the pre-game shows. We take a look at all the community women's football leagues across the state very shortly. And we catch up with the coaches as well for their thoughts on today's game. But joining us, first of all, on Special Comments and Stats today, it is a very good morning to Christy Williams. Did you have to take a minute to think about that, did you? No, I just needed to find a way to take a breath. <laughs> well, I'd like to say it's good to be here, but its uh, I'm not sure if I'd be able to take stats if I can see the ground from here. We're about 50 metres away, but there's thick fog, and uh, hopefully it does clear in the lovely eastern suburbs. And the fog is very thick, so five minutes of Patrick Hill. I'll just, uh, I'll just um, get uh, Nick Nicropontis to uh, join us in just a moment's time, and I'll switch on his headsets as well so he's actually able to hear us. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is always a good thing. Uh, Nick, thanks very much again for uh, joining us here on the uh, Match of the Day. And uh, what's the best way you could describe the conditions here? <laughs> um, foggy. <laughs> very, very foggy. I mean, you can see both ends of the ground, which is great from a commentary perspective. But, jeez, it's hard. Like, I don't think I've ever seen... It's conditions pretty, like this. It's pretty cold, too. Oh, it's seven degrees last I checked. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Thanks for, th- thanks for reminding everyone of that fact while we're in the... Well, it's all right. We're up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a little bit of... You wouldn't say it's frost, but it's kind of... Oh, but it's close to frost on the ground, so it's, it's not no going to be nice it sliding. No You're sliding through. Keep your feet. <laughs> Nick, I'll, I'll let you grab the coaches. Um, you may have to bring them near the commentary box, near the window, so they can hear us and we can hear them, because I think we're almost <laughs> out of power on our radio. <laughs> we can hear us down the ground, because we're expecting you to be on special comments today. So uh, yeah, if you bring them within the earshot, everyone can hear everyone, and that should be fine. So we'll uh, let, let you go grab the coaches. Thanks, guys. That, that's Nick Nick who will be joining us here. Very ad hoc this morning, may I say, folks, because of the... Uh, the fog, which everyone's just rolled in a little bit later than usual at the ground. Uh, can tell you at the moment, a few cars rolling in, but no crowd obviously yet because everyone is uh, waiting for 11 o'clock bounce, so we're still a while away from that. No crowd yet. Well, uh, <laughs> not just because they're waiting for the bounce, but who the hell would want to be outside? Uh, at, I'll, I'll, I'll for choice. It, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's why you're at home listening to RSN Carnival Digital Radio. You're taking the very, yeah, exactly. the very, very smart <laughs> option. Uh, we'll have uh, Patrick Hill, uh, hopefully, and then uh, saying a uh, saying uh, clear a hand to join us uh, from the um, Cranbourne Eagles. I hope I get that correct. Shane, clear a hand. We'll uh, join. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's S-E-I-N. It's an Irish spelling name. Because I know this, but we obviously uh, have Neve Belton in our uh, commentary team, and Neve is actually spelled N-I-A-M-H. Yes, correct. When you would think of it like an E-V-E. Yes, but... I know. I've played footy with a few um, Irish people, and when they speak... Celtic? Or uh, 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 Gaelic. 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 That's the word I was looking for. When they speak Gaelic and when they speak English, it sounds roughly the same to me. So <laughs> <laughs> trying to pronounce things they say is close to impossible. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, me. Um, also joining us in the uh, commentary team today, not here at the ground at the moment, but will be here closer to match time, is Daniel Hill will be joining us in the uh, caller's chair to bring this game between Box Hill and the Cranbourne Eagles, where both sides uh, currently winless. So, Christy, one of them will come away today should come away with the four premiership points, of course, barring the draw. Uh, Absolutely. Now that you've said it, you know what's going to yeah, happen, yeah, don't I've, you? I've jinxed it, haven't I? <laughs> and as I rule my line in my notebook with... Uh, a, a score plate. Um, that... what, who's, if, if, 
Endeavour Hill. Endeavour Hills. Endeavour Hills. There we go. It, it, so thanks to Endeavour, thanks to Endeavour Hills for um, allowing me to pull my line in my book today. The score, the score plate you're using to. Oh, it's not even straight. Property papers to everyone at home. Very professional operation. You have the girlsplayfooty.com. It's not even straight. I'll take back my thank you. But the girlsplayfooty.com match the day. Jesus, all happening here in the. Colleges. It is all happening here. Anyway, joining us uh, on the uh, headsets on the pre-game show today is, of course, the uh, coach of the Box Hill Hawks in uh, Patrick Hill. And, uh, Patrick, uh, you've uh, put on the interesting conditions for us, a bit of a foggy one this morning. Well, uh, am I on? Yeah, you're yeah, on. Well, Moorabbin used to have their uh, wet <laughs> centre. We, uh, we've had the fog machines going the last 24 hours. We don't want Cranbourne to be able to see from end to end. So far, so good. Yeah, it's working all right, isn't it? They're pretty good machines. But don't tell anyone that, all right? This is between you and me. <laughs> Patrick, you had a you had a pretty good game last week. Just faded late. What do you think uh, caused that? Oh, look, I, I, I'm not sure we fade. I mean, I thought we were pretty good in the third quarter, but there, there, there was a there was a handy breeze out there. It was a one or two goal breeze. Um, when you have a look at the goals in the last quarter, we had a 50 metre penalty. Penalty it was a bit stiff. It was there, definitely there, but it's a bit stiff. And there was uh, one kicked out of the ruck in the in the forward 50, and it was just squeezed through, which was uh, it was a great goal, but it was um, you know fairly lucky. And we there was a third goal that we definitely conceded through our bad play. But look, I thought some of our ball movement in the last half was our best for the day. We really start to use width and shape, and I was really pleased with how they went about it. And they really attacked the game. Uh, Claire O'Donnell took a pretty big hit last week. How she did, she, she did, didn't she? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's a little warrior, uh, Claire. She, um, in the, in round one, you might have seen a highlight of her tackling a Geelong player, uh, front on, and it was one of the toughest things I've ever seen on a footy field. <laughs> um, and then she's, she's copped some Claire, some friendly, friendly fire, and she's, uh, she's loving the photos of her at the moment with her walking <laughs> off with blood we all over. See, she so, took a selfie I, on the bench. I, I, yeah, I've never seen that before, and I've never seen as well, to show you the impact of the, of the contest, I think the, uh, trainer ran out there with a bottle of water to clear the blood off the ground. Yeah, she, evidently Claire was sitting there, she, the blood started running in one hand, she didn't know what to do, so she started cupping it in the other hand. So, but no, look, she's alright, she's fine to go, she'll, she'll start in the midfield. Uh, also, uh, for today's game, uh, Melissa Kai's, um, the show, pardon me, talk about last week, that, uh, captain's goal, I think it was in the second quarter, I believe, third, uh, third, 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 third yeah. going, going to the scoreboard and taking the play on, taking the initiative, uh, I know it's a cliche captain's goal, but it was just brilliant. Uh, she had a captain's game, she was, yeah. she was, uh, I think she got about uh, 20, 20 kicks and nine clearances and really led from the front. She had an injury. She got injured in the second quarter, but it didn't stop her game. She went down forward and just played a role for the team. And, yeah, I was, I was wrapped with her performance. Uh, how do you deal with Brianne Moody? She's been quite dominant in the AFL women's now coming here to Cranbourne. Um, yeah, look, we deal with how we deal with everyone else. We don't, you know, it's not about one-on-one footy. It's about the team and team defence, and you know, we need to look after each other. We've obviously got some preferred matchups that we'll go with, but um, we want our players to attack and press off their their players. So we'll continue to do that, and we expect uh, other people will cover from behind. So. And uh, just before we let you go, what's the focus going into today's game? This, on paper, looks like it's going to be a fairly even contest, possibly your first chance to pick up premiership points. Uh, yep, absolutely. I'd say, you know, and I generally think it's a 50-50 game. I think, you know, if, if we're not at our best, then we lose. Um, and if they're, they're off their game as well, I think, you know, we, we've got a real opportunity to take the win. But well, we just need to focus on the little things and, and getting them right. There was We had a really good game last week, I felt, but um, there's still some things that we still need to work on. We've addressed them at training. And, you know, if we get too far ahead of ourselves now and, um, you know, think this is, you know, go out with attitude, this is a winnable game, we'll lose. But we, at the same time, we need to be confident in our abilities, confident in our systems, and we just need to execute. 
Well, Patrick, thank you very much for joining us on the pregame show on RSN Carnival. We wish you all the very best today, and hopefully the fog clears up for you as well by the time we get to the 11 o'clock for Hounds. Well, I might have trouble seeing what's going on. I'll just yell at anyone, eh? <laughs> just <laughs> yell at us if it helps. <laughs> Thanks very much. Good on you, Patrick. That's Patrick Hill, the coach there of the Box Hill Hawks women's side. Before today's 11 o'clock bounce down the Box Hill Hawks and the Cranbourne Eagles. Uh, we'll catch up shortly with Shane Clearahan, the coach of the Cranbourne Eagles, to talk about their focus today. Very close for them last week. I think it was seven points in the end. They pushed the Geelong Cats, which uh, caught everyone by surprise. Everyone thought the Cats were going to run away with that one. Oh, I'm not sure surprise is the right word. They were certainly expected to win, but I think it is, as Patrick just said, one of those games where if one team doesn't turn up a little bit, that now now the gap has... I mean, in the past, you could not turn up a little bit and still get away with it, but I think now... And obviously they lost one of their better... Unfortunately, one of their better players to, to injury Geelong, and that's just something every, every team's going to have to deal with. But... It was, uh, they've certainly got a lot of up and coming stars, and they've also got a few, you know, established stars to draw on. Obviously, missing probably their most important player and probably their best player, um, in, um, Daniel Hardiman, mm. and who, in fact, was probably one of the better defenders in the, in the country, as it turned out to be. But at, at the same time, they've still got some, they've still got some, some, you know, pretty good, pretty good teams on paper, I guess. Mm. Well, talking about that, uh, we've got coming into the broadcast box here on RSN Carnival on our match of the day, the coach of the Cranbourne Eagles women's team, who's going to be joining us for the first time in the season 2017. Now, I hope I pronounced your first name correctly. <laughs> Shane Clearahan. No, mate, Sean. Sean. Oh, Sean. The S-E-I-N you pronounce is Sean. There you are. He spent so long on your last name. Sean, thanks for joining us here on the pre-game show. And as we spoke to the Boxer Hawks coach, Patrick Hill, on paper today, it seems like like it's a 50-50 coin flip. Oh, it is. It is a 50-50 coin flip, and um, both sides are, are working towards their first win, and uh, it, it should be a great game. It should be a really good game. When you're going through the matchups and stuff during the week, did you at any stage prepare for fog? <laughs> didn't it, didn't <laughs> I didn't uh, settle for fog, and I, I didn't settle for dampness. I thought it would be a beautiful, nice, sunny day. It will be Fox probably Hill. in a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got a couple of girls that come from sale, so they left at 5 o'clock this morning. <laughs> oh, so no. they'll want to have a oh, sleep dear. at half time. We'll have nanny nap time. <laughs> How do you cover... I mean, Danielle Hardiman was one of the best players in the AFL women's comp. How do you cover for not having her at this stage? Oh, uh, well... I suppose when you look at that, we haven't had it from the start, so we've had to work our way around it. And uh, Steph Binder's gone down there this year, which has been she's held her own pretty good. So it's not it's a it's a big loss to the side. It'd be great to have her in there, but we haven't had her from the start, so it's kind of a bit of a 50-50 option with that one. Uh, last week, uh, again, didn't get the premiership points, but a better performance. You pushed the Cats all the way. What do you think clicked for you last week? Uh, I think you. you you take it back to the source and you and you go back like we've had uh the um afl girls haven't been with us all pre-season and we only got hold of them say three to four weeks ago so we've only played three games so in reality i I always said by round five or round six we'll start getting our, our game plan together so you got girls that have been there since November training, 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 and then all of a sudden you bring your top-line girls in and they've got to adjust to 
the speed of the game that's played out here because it is a lot slower than what they've been used at and they're used to targets getting hit all the time. We, be honest, you, your target's not getting hit here all, all the time. So it's it's been like you could say the first two or three games have been practice matches and, and last week they really stood up and the best part about last week was there was still 90 seconds to go and what I liked about the game was they were still seven points down. In reality, they couldn't, but they still kept coming and, that, and that's a good sign. So you take that from last week and bring that into this week, so it should give us good stead early on. And you mentioned, um, we've already, we just mentioned Daniel Hardiman. How is she doing? Now she's going okay. She's in, in, still in her moon boot, and she's got another operation. And, and if she doesn't play this, this year, she should be right for Carlton, which is probably the main focus for her at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. And you've 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 got a couple of young girls coming up. Who are the who have really stamped there, Pete and I were mentioning the TAC Cup girls. Yeah, who are the, Kennedy, for example. Um, who are the young girls we can really watch out for, not only today, but throughout the rest of the season? Oh, you got Bridie Kennedy, which she's starting to uh, to adapt at, at this level, which is good. Um, young Holly Whitfield, down from Tarragon, Ter- she's been... She's 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 great. Yep. Uh, Darcy Guthrie, she's she's another one, but she's not playing today. Like she's she's a little bit sore, and it's kind of like I've got you're going to manage these kids too because they're yeah. 17 years old and they're travelling up from Sale and they're spending two to three hours in the car and she's got a, a sore calf and it, look it'd be great to oh, it'd be great to play her today, but in, uh, but in the in the mindset, I've got a duty of care. It's about yeah. it, it's about you know the, the journey that she's on. So she's she's um, she's out today, which is which is uh, a bit disappointing, but that's the way it is. How do you focus on trying to? I mean, both teams have been pretty low scoring so far this year. How do you focus on trying to you know increase that today? Oh, you, you, you try, but you, you've got to make sure that we're playing consistent footy too. Do you know what I mean? If they're consi- we're consistently getting better and better and better, and you, you can't. You just got to keep working at it, working at it, and just give them confidence with with training. Like you can set up the drills at training, and you go through the forward setups, and it's great. But in the same token, game you, you put it in game situation, they've got to just keep pushing away and chipping away at it. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, and they've got to sit to their structures. And and what you got to what I look at too, like last year they were getting done. We were getting done by 200 points, like you know, it's been around 60, 70. So there's a vast improvement, you know, and we're, we're slowly getting there. So we're playing consistent and and constructive football. So that's the main thing. And uh, just before we uh, let you go today, uh, an interesting thing with the AFLW players coming back, we've been talking about how much feedback do they give you as coach to say, uh, for example, with, uh, with Jacobson, oh, this is what we're doing at Carlton, these are a few of the drills that we're doing, this is some of the setups that we're working on. How much do they feed back to you from what they're doing at the next level? Yeah, they feed back a, a lot. Like You've got to be pretty open-minded of, um, yeah. of what, what they've done and, and they like to, and then you've got to change it. You have your bit too as well. As, as what we've got to, it's been it's been interesting, you know, and I think too, like the AFL girls, they struggle a little bit too coming back, like the pace of the game, yeah. and they've got to get used to they're running to spots where the ball's not getting kicked to them straight away, and they've got to get used that what they got away with last year at VFL level, they're not going to get away with this year because the bar's been risen too, and people are very wary on. So every week, you know, BJ's coming out and she's got two, three, like they're, they're working her over, and she's got to change her running rate and her game, you know, the way that she cha- 
Phase 2 game as well. Well, thank you very much for joining us here on the pre-game show. We look forward to catching up with you throughout the season when we cover some more Cranbourne Eagles game. But best of luck today, and let's hope that fog clears up no, here at 11 o'clock. Thank you. Thank you very much. There we are, the coach there of the Cranbourne Eagles joining us here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio for our girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. We are 40 minutes away from the start of our uh, start of the match, and uh, we'll have jumping onto the headsets in a moment's time. Nick Nicropondis uh, here in the commentary box before we join our uh, community leagues and have a look at the wraps. Just interesting to uh, focus on as well is a couple of Queensland footballers playing soon in the VWFL. One, of course, the most famous, Taylor Harris, uh, put out an article through the AFL Players Association, and she's just come out and said, that's it, I want to play for the St Kilda Sharks. She did too, and there was a lot of rumours about that beforehand. But, you know, obviously they were pretty unfounded. But, yeah, she wants to play for the St Kilda Sharks. Uh, they bloody need her, too. Isn't there an issue with her uh, point, the, and the, uh, Well, she's qualified, but can she squeeze in the points cap? Because you've got a budget per game. So it's not the squad. It's the players you yep. put out in the park for the day. So if you want to, you could have a um, squad full of AFLW players or from other clubs. But the question is, how many can you fit on the park in that okay. budget of 22? Because um, what, what they've made it is, for example, if you're Darabin, You've got like a budget, I think, of something like 50 points, and then it keeps going out to like Cranbourne, I think, might have 99, or Box Hill's got 99. So as you go further down the ladder, you've got more points, yep. so you can get better players to try and improve. Uh, funny enough, as much as Darwin's got um, a very small budget on points, a lot of players like Daisy Pierce, for example, are worth just minimum one point because you've played so many years at Darwin. The longer you play, the more points comes down. So. Um, so I think they're very close to the line. I think the Sharks are a case of, you know, McWilliams is now back in today. How do they squeeze in Harris when she wants to play? The other player as well who's been given a permit to play today, coming down from Queensland, Talia Randall from the Brisbane Lions, okay. will play for Melbourne University today against the Eastern Devils. And they don't really need her, but they'll yeah. take it. Because <laughs> she was a star junior and came up along with, with Taylor. And she was absolute star junior and she has transferred it she played a number of draft games and she was fantastic in some of those draft games and she just keeps coming on and on and she's a fantastic um, it's fantastic to see other players from different systems come in obviously Queensland footy New South Wales footy whatever it is is all very very different takeaway skill or whatever the approaches to the game so it's good it'll be good for Melbourne Uni regardless of the fact they've got a stellar side um, to just have that I guess, for want of a better term, difference of opinion, I guess, and difference, different approach to the game. So it'll be good. It'll be good to them to have a, you know, a good sounding base. Hey, so, mind, mind you, they've got plenty of tall, tall timber as it yeah, is exactly. down there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, especially like you look at what Brisbane are able to do in the AFL Women's Comp, their backline was almost impenetrable. And Talia Randall was on the verge of probably being in that All Australian backline. You had Virgil back there, Kasler, and they were just they were too hard to score against. So. She brings a lot of um, IP in there from them as well, and who knows, you know, she might not be able to play that uh, that same style role where she was sort of the third defender back there for the Lions. L- last time Melbourne Uni had a guest player was a couple of years ago when they beat Darabin in 2015. Kirby Bentley, the guest player that day, which was, uh, and boy, believe me, did she make a difference to the side that day when they went out and won. Uh, we might take this opportunity here on our girlsplayfooty.com match of the day, Box Hill versus Cranbourne on RSN Carnival to uh, take a short break. When we come back, we'll be going around the community leagues, catching up with all the results and finding out who's playing who today. 
listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. Saturday morning, wake up with Victoria's 30-minute Greyhound Report, then 30 minutes of Victorian Trots News. From 6am Saturdays, RSN 927 is Talking Greyhound with Simone Fisher. Then from 6.30, we're Talking Trots. You'll hear from the newsmakers, get the previews and selections for the best of the weekend's racing. Talking Greyhounds and Talking Trots. Hounds and Horses. Every Saturday morning from 6 on RSN 927. I usually wear white. And I prefer black. But lately, we've been getting into orange. When you're wearing SES orange, you know you're making a difference. And you're learning great new skills. You'd be surprised how good you'll feel in orange. The Victoria State Emergency Service is recruiting volunteers now for a broad range of roles. Visit ses.vic.gov.au or call 1300-842-737 and find out if orange is right for you. Authorised by Victoria State Emergency Service Melbourne. Spoken by Emery's and A. Smallwood. Hi, we're the Wiggles. Did you know that Binnie's raises funds for their good works by selling really good stuff in their Binnie's shops? But the shops don't run themselves. That's right, they need volunteers to help. Can you spare a few hours each week? All you need is enthusiasm and some spare time. And it's really good fun. Please, will you become a Vinnie's volunteer? Just visit vinnies.org.au or pop into your local Vinnie's shop for more details. Yeah, and while you're there, have a look round. You'll, You'll love, love what you find. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids. And the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the Rules to find out Every more. Every day, in many ways, the Royal Flying Doctor Service takes the finest care to Australia's furthest corners so that all Australians can enjoy the best of health. The Royal Flying Doctor Service has been taking care of Australians for over 80 years. But we still need your help to continue providing emergency rescue and essential health care to remote and rural communities. Make a donation or become a supporter and help keep the Flying Doctor flying. Live across the web, this is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. And joining us now on the pregame show here on RSN Carnival from AFL Southeast, it's Brendan Tibbles. Brendan, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you, Ben. And yourself? Not too bad at all. Great to have you on the line as we talk round five in the Southeast Women's Competition. We go to Division One, one game on today uh, at JL Murphy Reserve. Yeah, that'll be Port Melbourne versus the Gippsland Maroons. Uh, this should be a fantastic game of footy at uh, six versus seven. Um, Gippsland have only managed one win so far, and Port Melbourne Colts haven't managed to get one yet. Um, looking at the results from last week, you can see that um, Port Melbourne were you know, going against Knox, um, and Gippsland just got picked by St Kilda. So it should be a great game of football to have they had. Um, I think Gippsland will get over the line here. Turning to Division 2, three games on today, uh, kicking off uh, right now, uh, St Kilda Sharks taking on Beaconsfield, the morning game at Peanut Farm Reserve. Yeah, another another good game to be had. Um, Beaconsfield have had a strong start to the season, suffering their first loss last week to the end of Endeavour Hill. Um, the Eagles, though, should be probably a bit too near a better field for St Kilda this week and we'll get the chocolate. Down at Mulgrave Reserve, the Eastern Devils host Mornington at 12 o'clock. 
this is a, a second v fifth. Uh, sorry, second v um, sixth game. Uh, the Devils have only won one game. Wise, Mornington will yet to be. Um, uh, oh, sorry, going through undefeated so far. Um, it should be a, probably a one-sided affair. I reckon Mornington will get the, the win on this one too. And at two o'clock this afternoon, at Barry Simon Reserve, Endeavour Hills hosting Chernside Park. Yeah, the Falcons are going quite well at the moment, sitting uh, pretty on top there with four wins undefeated. Chernside Park had a, a nice close win last week over the Eastern Devils by one point. Um, but in, in red hot form, maybe you'd have to take the Falcons. Let's head across to the Development League. Two games on today at 12 o'clock at RF Miles Reserve. Uh, Morwell East travel to take on Seaford. Yes, uh, unfortunately things haven't gone to plan for more weeks to start the season. Uh, the girls haven't won a game yet. Um, while Seaford have only uh, been out enough to up the one win. Uh, Moore had the bye last week. They uh, were playing a game against Frankston later on in the, in the season for round four. While Seaford had their first win against the Detroit Maroons by 46 points. Going on current form, you'd, you'd have to tip the target at home. And the final game to look at in the development uh, division at 1 o'clock at Wonthaggy, the Bass Coast Breakers host Tyab. Yes, it should be a great game of footy to go watch. Uh, I, I definitely recommend anyone if they're around in the Western Port Bay to go have a look at this game. Uh, Bass Coast is sitting on top undefeated at the moment while Tyab are sitting nice there um, in, in third position also undefeated as well. Um, last week... Uh, uh, you know, Bass Coast had a great win over Mornington while uh, Tyab had a solid win over the Frankston Bombers handing them their first defeat. Should be a fantastic game, but um, going with, in, in, uh, with uh, Bass Coast form, you have to tip that win just over the line. Well, Brendan, thanks very much for joining us, and we look forward to catching up with you in a couple of weeks' time to talk more southeast women's footy. Thank you, Brendan. I look forward to it, mate. Live across the web. This is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. And joining us on the line here at RSN Carnival as part of our girlsplayfooty.com pre-match show, we've got on the line from the Northern Football League, Samuel Zito. Samuel, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Peter. How are you? Not too bad at all. Another round rolls around of Northern Football League. Let's go across to Division 1, and today's part of a triple header out there, Plenty Park Oval, a Diamond Creek hosting Bendigo Thunder. Yeah, massive game this one. Almost the uh, game we've, we've both been most looking forward to all season. Diamond Creek coming off a, a really great weekend last weekend when they beat Darabin in, in all three games. They come up against the might of, of the Bendigo Thunder, who is undefeated in North Park NFL W Division One, and, and last weekend kept uh, kept Q scoreless in a 92 point win. So Diamond Creek is second, five wins and a loss. Bendigo undefeated. So top spot potentially on the line, although Bendigo's percentage at a whopping 794, so they're probably still the uh, the favourites in that one, despite being away from home. The late game at Henry Turner Reserve, 3pm start, the VU Western Spurs hosting Whitehorse. Yeah, they, they certainly are, and for the VU Western Spurs, that last weekend uh, had their first loss of the season, went down to Melbourne Uni by eight points. Whitehorse, back amongst the winners last week, beat Pascoe Vale. Whitehorse jumped back into the five based on that win, so it's third versus fifth, but I think the Spurs at home will be too strong. Also at 3pm, it's the Battle of the Universities, Latrobe hosting Melbourne Uni. Yeah, it certainly is, and, and Melbourne Uni in full spot, four wins and two losses for the Trobe. It's been a, a tough start for the year, still without a win after six games, and last weekend was perhaps a chance for them, but they weren't able to get it done against Whitehorse going down by six goals in the end. You'd think Melbourne Uni would be too strong there. 
And at Rayburn Reserve, Pasco Vale, 3 p.m., the Panthers host Deer Park. They certainly do. Both sides evenly matched on the ladder. One win and, and five losses. Deer Park had its first win of the season last week. It downed Latrobe Uni uh, 62 to 28. Pasco Vale comes in uh, off a loss last weekend. But uh, I think in this one here, uh, I actually think Pasco Vale at home might get the points. Let's go across to uh, North Park Northern Women's Football League Division 2 and we've got the early game uh, starting almost soon at 10.30am at Plenty Park Oval, uh, Diamond Creek hosting South Morang. Yeah, massive one, this one, of course. The top five in, in both the NFL women's competitions. Currently, these two sides sit fourth and fifth. South Morang in fourth with the four wins, the two losses. Diamond Creek women's will, they're two wins, two draws and, and two losses. So they're, they'll win behind South Morang. They need a win this week to certainly keep their spot in the top five, but, but then also push for a top three spot and get a double chance in the final. So this is a really evenly poised game. Both sides coming in off wins and, and really hard to, hard to split these two teams. And uh, the curtain rates of that doubleheader out at Henry Turner Reserve, the 1.30pm game between the VUS and Spurs and Whitehorse. Yes, certainly. Whitehorse uh, coming in as, as underdog on this occasion here. VU Western Spurs currently top of the ladder in the Division 2 competition. The five wins and the one loss last weekend beat Montmorency by 33 points. Whitehorse defeated in a th- thriller against Lorimer by five points. Inaccurate kicking probably costing them in the end. Ten scoring shots to five but, but fell down after kicking just the one goal and nine behinds. 1.30pm at Latrobe Uni's main oval, uh, Latrobe Uni hosting Montmorency. It was similar to the Division 1 side for Latrobe Uni, yet to get a win so far this year. Uh, last weekend uh, had, a, had a loss to West Preston where they were contained to, to no score. Montmorency went down to VU Western Spurs. Both sides in the bottom three, but Montmorency playing the better foot in. A win in that game against Latrobe at, at Latrobe Uni oval would would put Montmorency back within touching distance of the top five, and I think with that riding on the game, I think they'll be too strong. And at 3pm at Lorimer Reserve, the power host West Preston Lakeside. Yeah, they certainly do. Lorimer had uh, had a win last week, as I said before, beat Whitehorse by the five points, but West Preston Lakeside, along with West, the VU Western Spurs, probably the form side of the competition, has won its f- past five games, and, and all in pretty convincing fashion. 43-point winners last week against Latrobe, and I'd expect the Roosters to go on and win their sixth game in a row. Well, that's our look at North Park Northern Football League women's competition. Once again, thanks for joining us, Samuel Zito, and we look forward to catching up with you in a couple of weeks' time. Certainly do. Thanks for that. Live across the web, this is thegirlsplayfooty.com. Match of the day. Indeed, it is thegirlsplayfooty.com. Match of the day. It is uh, 10.33 in the morning. We're 27 minutes away from bounce down between, uh, of course, Bottle Hawks and the Cranbourne Eagles. Time to continue our look at the Community Football Leagues. We now head to the VAFA and Shona McGuinness joins us on the line. Shona, how are you? Uh, good morning, Peter. How are you? Not too bad at all. Great to uh, have you on the line as we look at uh, the VAFA women's competition. Let's start off, shall we, in the uh, Premier Division. Three games played yesterday. Uh, the first one saw Old Trinity host Fitzroy. Yes, we did, and uh, Fitzroy had a very strong win over Trinity yesterday. I uh, went out and watched that mat- match, actually, and Tash Ross-Harris dominated in the ruck. She was um, really instrumental in that strong win Fitzroy, they won by 39 points. The uh, Scob Saints played Marcelin yesterday and Saints were way too strong for Marcelin, uh, beating them by 10 goals. So that was a big win. And Renegades 
played Caulfield and at home at Renegades, but Caulfield came away winners there by 23 points. And, of course, today's game at McAllister Overseas, uh, Melbourne Union Old Zabs at 2 o'clock. Yes, I'm actually heading out there this afternoon. Uh, you might remember last week we uh, talked about our rep match coming up. So we're out looking at um, scouting for players. So I'll be out there at the Melbourne Uni Old Zabs game. Melbourne Uni uh, were only narrowly defeated last week by Trinity and they were um, actually probably surprising because they haven't performed so well but I think they're up and coming, Melbourne Uni. I think they may get over the line today. Let's continue our look by going to Division 1 now and Friday Night Football, the Monash Blues and St Mary Silesian. Yes, so um, that was a close game as well and St Mary Silesian won by five points. I think that Monash came back at them in the last uh, quarter there but just couldn't get across the line. Uh, yesterday's surprise result was Geelong-West Brunswick. I thought that that would be a close match but Geelong um, thrashed. West Brunswick. West Brunswick didn't score, so um, that was that one surprised me. Um, West Brunswick is still on top of the ladder though. Geelong has come up to second after that <coughs> after that win, and uh, Ormond Halbury Halbury continuing on in their winning way. So they uh, had a good win over Ormond that puts them at third spot on the ladder. I don't know the result of Brighton. And Bo Morris, they played that last night. I don't know whether you know that, Peter, uh, but I no, don't. No, I haven't signed, seen that either. It still says uh, final result. But, uh, uh, yes, we'll have to keep an eye on the VAFA uh, website for when they uh, update that. Or, or, yes. Or, or, or as we say in cricketing terms, that's a fine. <laughs> yes, it is. I know. Um, now, Uni, Uni High yesterday had a, a very strong win over St. Bede's. Uni High flying at the moment. They've um, just gone to the top of the ladder on that win, they've uh, knocked Old Camberwell back to second spot, just on percentage. Um, Old Camberwell had a very close match yesterday against Oakley, that Oakley defeated them by three points. And Old Carey and Ivanhoe had a draw, so that was a pretty close one, obviously. A very exciting game by the sound of it. A bit of an inaccurate kicking there from Ivanhoe, uh, three goals to hold. Yes, they'd be pretty disappointed with that. 15 scoring shots there and, uh, yeah, they'd be pretty disappointed they could have got that one over the line. And Collegians had a very strong win there against Yarra Old Grammarians out at Yarra's uh, home ground in Doncaster. That was played last night, Twilight Match. Round 5 for uh, Division 3, all three games played today. Yes, they are. So today we've got Old Mentonians playing Hampton Rovers. Hampton Rovers second on the ladder, so and Old Mentonians fourth. And we've got Mazenod playing Melbourne Uni seconds. That's at uh, 11.40, about to start. And Ajax are playing Ferry, that's top of the ladder, versus Ferry on the bottom. But Ferry did notch up their first win last week out at, um, at home. I actually went out and watched that as well. They played Mazenod, and girls were pretty excited after their first win. And for Division 4, all games were played uh, yesterday. A thriller between Bulling, Templestowe and Canterbury. Yes, yeah, so there were some good matches yesterday. They were a uh, one-point win to Canterbury. I think Bulling would be pretty disappointed because uh, they were looking for their first win in the home and away season. They had a win in the grading rounds. So they'd be disappointed losing out uh, to Canterbury there by a point. Canterbury had a win last week as well, so they've had two on the trot now. 
Um, Hawthorne, Hawthorne South Melbourne Districts, that was the top two playing yesterday. And Hawthorne uh, won that match comfortably against South Melbourne Districts to go to the top of the ladder. St. Kevin's and uh, St. Mary's, uh, the uh, St. Kevin's side with a comfortable victory there. Yes, St. Kevin's, uh, that's St. Kevin's second team. They are flying down there. They've had some very strong wins there. They've really come on uh, this season. And so Swinburne played Fitzroy. Swinburne had a strong win there. That wasn't a surprise. And De La Salle would be pretty excited having a win. Um, they played Renegades. I, I arrived at the ground just at the end of that, and they were very excited after that win. So that wraps up all the divisions. And I believe last week as well, I think there was a scratch match between West Brunswick and Melbourne Uni. And to put that in perspective, I believe there's something like 40, 50 girls, isn't there, at West Brunswick, where they've got one side, but almost enough for two. And I think for Melbourne Uni's scratch match side they put together, I think classifies as their fifth senior team. That is, that's right. Melbourne Uni uh, Women's Football Club now have five uh, five teams, and also there's about six of our teams, six of our clubs. Their numbers are so strong. That's what we've done. They've they've all um, got together. We've got a little round robin thing going between the six of those teams: Old Geelong, West Brunswick, Marsland, Caulfield, Melbourne Uni, and South Melbourne District. So they're playing. Uh, curtain raises scratch matches before their main matches, so that just shows you how our competition is just exploding, even during this season. That is incredible numbers, um, and, and, and quite honest, I don't know how you managed to schedule them all and get them all out there on, on enough grounds. Oh, it happens every weekend, yeah, we're busy down there. I'll just let you know, we've, um, we have registered 1,845 women players this year. 1,845 women players in the competition yes. registered? Yeah, that, that's yep. extraordinary. And, and just it before, is extraordinary. And just before we let you go, of course, you've got an announcement as well. You've announced your Vapa women's uh, coach that will uh, lead them in a game against the AFL Goldfields. Yes, yeah, so this week we announced uh, John Cannis as our senior coach. He's a uh, well-known um, coach around the amateurs. Uh, he's the premiership coach with University Blues and a lot of experience in inter-varsity coaching as well. And he, um, his assistant coach is Cam Roberts, who currently coaching at the Blacks, but been assistant coach with Paul Groves at the Western Bulldogs AFL Women's. He's been Cam Paul Groves board line uh, coach there, and Teddy Woodruff, who's the premiership coach from the Old Zabs. And we are very close to, and I can't announce it yet, announcing a female assistant coach too. So that match is going to be played on Sunday, July the 9th. And we're just finalising the time and venue. We'll most likely be in Ballarat. Fantastic. We look forward to uh, having that information uh, very soon and that uh, other announcement from you, hopefully in a couple of weeks' time when we're all back from the uh, Queen's birthday long week. And, Shona, thank you very much for joining us here on RSN Carnival on the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day pre-game show. And uh, you enjoy your weekend off next week. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I might get some golf in. Oh, I love good. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Shona. We look forward to catching up with you then. Okay, thanks, Peter. Bye. That is uh, Shona McInnes joining us there on the line from the uh, VAFA. And uh, as you uh, both just heard before we go to the other community leagues to talk about, that's extraordinary. 1,845 that is... registered women in the first year of that competition. That is uh, uh, speechless. It doesn't happen very often. That is ridiculous. And that's that's just the VAFA. That doesn't include the VFL. That doesn't include yeah. Goldfields. That no, is no. That is. 
phenomenal. I would love to know. I do know where to get the statistics for the cricket. I'm not, I would love to know the percentage increase from last year of all registered female um, players in the entire of Victoria then and now because that is that's just incredible. So just recapping, that's uh, for the BAFA, that's the women's premier division, division one, two, three, and four. And now, as they just said, they've got a round-robin division of six teams from clubs that had just too many players. That had, had, some have a second, some have a third, and as you heard, Melbourne Uni have a fifth. As, as a, someone who's played women's sport for a long time, you always, and obviously it's even harder for AFL, but you always, there's always a training. Can someone ask you if anyone has a friend that can play? Always. And for 27 years of my life, that's always the way it's been, and it's it's only now that it's actually people having to... You won't be picked. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won't, no, now, and, now you don't start training. You're, you're, I'm sorry, we can't squeeze you and in. That's, that's, it's great. Yeah. How, How good is scheduling it? scheduling all these games. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, 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 it's that's an, it, it, an incredible task for them to do. Uh, we might take this opportunity to continue our look at uh, women's footy from the AFL Goldfields competition. We'll also uh, find out what's happening in the EDFL, WRFL and uh, Eastern Football Leagues. That's all coming up here on RSN Carnival. Listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world, and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. And joining us now on RSN Carnival for the GirlsPlayFooty.com Match of the Day pre-game show from AFL Goldfields. It's Chris Yeen. Chris, how are you? Very well, mate. How are you? Not too bad at all. Round six has rolled around for the AFL Goldfields women's competition. Let's have a look at Division 1. Today, 12.30 at Maddenley Park, North Geelong Magpies and the Sunbury Kangaroos. Yeah, this is going to be a great game uh, between the two sides. Summary Kangaroos, as we spoke about last week, have really stepped it up uh, in their first season. They had a good nine-point win over East Point last week to give themselves a bit of confidence. North Geelong, comfortable 86-point winners over Melton Central. So I can't see uh, that sort of result happening from um, from North Geelong today. I could probably envision a, a closer game. Expect them to get the job done. I, I, I wouldn't be expecting any more than uh, six goals a margin when the final siren sounds. At 2pm at Alperton Oval, the Ballarat Swans and Melton Centrals. Uh, yeah, well, both teams coming off big losses uh, last weekend. And uh, Ballarat, well, they did get a goal on the board, so um, I'm, I'm going to use that uh, as, as probably the, the basis of, of expecting them to uh, to win. But that's going to be a really good encounter, like the last one. Um, so th- this one, we could see a similar result to what we saw between Summary Kangaroos and East Point and go within 10 points. 2.20pm at City Oval, Redan is hosting East Point Dragons. East Point was able to hit the scoreboard uh, a fair bit last week, against, uh, and they'll be up against Redan, who, uh, who kicked plenty of goals last week. Redan to continue on their winning form. They're showing some great form this year. Let's flip across to Division 2, Drysdale Hawks with the bye this week. 11.30am at City Oval, Redan Gold hosting Gisborne. Yeah, well, both teams coming off uh, losses on the weekend. Gisborne, they were able to hit the scoreboard a bit. Um, they, they've been quite impressive already this year. Gisborne, Redan, uh, look, they're, they're a developing side. This is their second side in, uh, in this division. So uh, I'd, I'd back Gisborne to get the job done here in a close one. And finally, 2.20pm at Mattingly Park. Backus Marsh hosting Carisbrook. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Backus Marsh. They had a good win last week, so hopefully that could give them the edge to get over the line. Well, Chris, thank you very much for joining us here on RSN Carnival. We look forward to catching up with you in a couple of weeks' time to talk more AFL Goldfields football. My great pleasure. Live across the web, this is the girlsplayfooty.com. Match of the day. And joining us on the line now from the Western Region Football League to talk WRFL, EDFL, women's, we've got Kristen Alabakas on the line. Kristen, how are you? 
Good, how are you? Thanks for having me on the show. And uh, hopefully where you are, the fog's a little bit less dense than it is here at Parks Hill City Oval. Um, <laughs> Friday night football kicked off the round for you, and uh, it was down at Town Centre Oval, Caroline Springs hosting Manor Lakes. Yes, so uh, Manor Lakes scored a victory there. The final score was 10-9-69 to Caroline Springs 3-2-20. There was only, I understand, there was only a couple of goals in it at halftime, but uh, Manor Lakes sort of put the pressure on in the second half and kicked um, seven goals to win the match. So um, they'd be pretty impressed with that, that result. And four games to be played today. The first game starting at 11.30am at Footscray, where VU Western Spurs are hosting Pasco Vale. Yeah, so the Spurs and Pasco Vale are sixth and seventh on the ladder. So it should be an entertaining match at Henry Turner Reserve. Um, the Spurs are, are aiming to win two in a row after, after winning last week against Roxborough Park. Um, and that was a very hard-fought victory, so that should keep them in good stead for this week. I know Pascal Val have just won the, the two games this season and suffered a, a home loss last week to Caroline Springs, so they too will be desperate to, to bounce back. So it should be an entertaining match. Glenn Auden and Glenn Roy, 2.20pm at Heathdale Oval. Yep, Glenn Roy is coming off the bye, so that they'll be ready to go. Um, and Glenn Auden suffered a really big loss last week to, to the latter leaders in Kielor, so they'll be desperate to get on the scoreboard early. But um, the Hawks have only just won the, the one game this season, and that was back in back in round one. So um, Glenn Roy might be too strong for them today. At Highgate Recreation Reserve, 2.20pm, Craigie Byrne is hosting Kielor. Yeah, so Craigie Byrne lost to Manor Lakes by about 138 points last week and um, they didn't hit the scoreboard either. So they'll be desperate to score early in the match. But um, as we know, Kilor is um, undefeated this year and they, they defeated Glen Order by 152 points. Um, so it should be, I mean, Kilor seemed to look to be too strong on paper and um, Brooke Tadero from Kilor, she's been busy in front of goals this year. She's kicked about 25 goals. So if Craigie Byrne are any chance I'll need to, need to keep a close eye on her. And finally, to round out this weekend's footy in the RF, WRFL EDFL, we've got Tarnit and Roxborough Park, 2.20pm at Wooten Road Reserve. Mm-hmm. Both Tarnit and Roxborough Park lost last weekend, so they'll be both eager to put in a, a better performance this week. The, the Titans have struggled at stages this, se- this season, and last weekend didn't score at all against Sunbury, and Roxborough Park have just scored the three goals in the past two weeks. So this might be Tarnit's chance to get a, their first win of the season. So if they can hit their targets up forward, they, they'll be with a chance. Well, Kristen, thank you very much for joining us here on the free game show on RSN Carnival. We hope it's a uh, good day of footy there in the WRFL, EDFL. We look forward to catching up with you in a couple of weeks' time. No worries. Thank you for having us. Live across the web, this is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. And joining us now on RSN Carnival on the free game show, we've got Will Taylor from the EFL media team. How are you, Will? Yeah, pretty good, Peter. How are you? Not too bad at all. Time to look at another Eastern Region Women's Football League round of footy. One game on today, but before we get to that, uh, some results from yesterday and a close one between Bayswater and Churnside Park. Yeah, it was an absolute cracking game. It was definitely the match of the round. It proved to be at the end at the, at the mighty Bayswater Oval uh, there yesterday. Um, well, actually, an interesting uh, game this was because Bayswater jumped out to a 28 uh 
points to eight to lead by three-quarter time, but Chernside Park reeled them back in the last quarter, but unfortunately just fell short by one point in that game, 28 to 27. And, uh, of course, that was a great game to watch. I was out there to watch that game before I had to head off to uh, do my other commitments. And uh, uh, Bayswater were very lucky to get out of that game with a win. Another close game was at Schultz Reserve between the Knox Falcons and the Waverley Blues. Yeah, a bit of an upset here because uh, I wasn't expecting uh, not to lose this game, but uh, the Waverly Blues, uh, they've had a, an awesome last couple of weeks and it proved to be the case uh, as they travelled to uh, one turner and uh, they got the job done by nine points. And at Kings Park, Mount Avalon too strong for Upper Gully. Yeah, this was the one, uh, I guess, the most lopsided game of the round. Uh, Mount Evelyn led from start to finish at the end. Uh, kicked seven goals to zero in the last quarter, uh, sorry, last half, I should say, to win that game by 79 points. Uh, the danger player, I, I was uh, telling the EFL, uh, was uh, early on in the week that uh, Mel Hogg was uh, proved to be the difference. She had four goals as well. Betts also had four goals for Mount Evelyn. Proved to be the difference at the end uh, for Mount Evelyn and got the, now they've jumped to the top of the ladder after Chernside Park's loss. One game on today, Heathmont hosting Norwood at 12.30pm. Who's your tip in that game? Look, uh, I think Norwood will prove to be uh, the winners of this one. I just think Norwood just have a bit of firepower up forward and the midfield just have that little spark uh, there. So I think Norwood will get the job done. Well, Will, thank you very much for joining us here on RSN Carnival's fun about pre-game show. We look forward to catching up with you a couple of weeks' time to talk more EFL footy. No worries, Pete. Looking forward to it. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world, and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. And joining us now on the pregame show here on RSN Carnival to discuss the Northern Country Women's Football League, we've got Sharon O'Dwyer on the phone. Sharon, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad at all. We've got some more round five footy action up in the Northern Country Women's League. But first of all, there was a game last night. Yeah, so Shepparton um, played Marupna at Deakin Reserve last night in a bit of a chilly evening, but yeah, it was a great game. And uh, the result, go on. Oh, someone's going to say on the result from that match. Yeah, so Shepparton um, was 5-3-33, defeated Marupna 4-6-30. But can I just say that Marupna had a great comeback because at halftime they were only two points and uh, Shepparton was 26, so their second half was pretty good. And great to see a close result and hopefully building a rivalry between those two close teams. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's have a look at Sunday football uh, today, 1 o'clock at the Kitan Showgrounds. The Tigers hosting North Bendigo. Uh, yeah, I think it would be the Tigers for that one. Kitan should come up and type for that one. Uh, at Riverside Park, Kerrang is hosting the Bendigo Thunder Reserves. Uh, it would be Bendigo Thunder, I'd reckon, for that one. And uh, finally up at Victoria Park, Oval on the Murray, uh, Chuka hosting Vanilla Saints. I think this will be a really tight one, but I think the Saints might come out on top. Well, Sharon, thanks very much for your time. We look forward to catching up with you in a couple of weeks' time to talk more Northern Country Women's Football League. All right, thank you very much. Live across the web, this is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day.
Indeed it is here at Fox Hill City Oval. The girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. Today we are bringing you the Boxall Hawks versus the Cranbourne Eagles. Bounce down 11 o'clock. We're six minutes away from that. Peter Holden, Christy Williams, Dan Hill and Nick Nicopontis bringing you today's coverage. Christy and Dan currently stuck waiting in the queue for the coffee. But um, that is a good sign, Nick, because uh, we were here last week for the game against the Sharks. There was a bit of criticism from, from all circles that hang on, there's no canteen, what's going on here, you know, this, you know, we've got to be showing some respect to the VFL women's, and all credit due to the Box Hill Hawks, they've actioned it, they've brought today, like, uh, they've got the little kiosk running at the moment, there's pies, chips, etc, they've got the sidecar coffee, it's like, it, it, you imagine the little sidecar little carriages, they've turned the little carriage into espresso machine and everything attached to it, so they've actioned it, they've got the coffee here, they've got the food here, they've listened, well done Box Hill. It was about time. I mean, last week there were, what, 200, 250 people here. Yeah. They had 50 bins out and nothing was going in them because there was no yeah. canteen, there was no coffee. It was it was a bit embarrassing, to be honest, and I'm pretty sure um, complaints were made about it. And, well, at least finally they brought something in. We're five minutes away from getting started. There's people rolling in. And, and yeah, there's a crowd of at least 100 or more here. And, and, again, most of them are lining up, having a coffee or something like that. So they've actioned it, and that's uh, good for them. Joining us uh, today in the uh, commentary box, back on the main headsets again, very good morning to Daniel Hill. It's a very, very good morning indeed, Pete. And you were complaining about the fog out here, but if you were a local like my good uh, self, go. <laughs> you would know that the sun comes through about 10.30 and lifts the fog quite comfortably, and that's exactly what's happened. And, look, great conditions for football. A little wet underfoot early, but uh, the good thing about these games on a Sunday standalone, it gives both sides, especially when you're a new side or you've got players that have uh, might be in their first or second season, you can pretty much run your own training session before the before the game, nothing too over the top in terms of workload, but you pretty much get 35, 40 minutes to warm up and as we know, modern football for whatever reason, they're just not big fans of warming up anymore, they seem to it's like the those rugby league blokes when they just come out and uh, literally run onto the field and start playing, it's more heading in that direction, but uh, the girls both sides using the, the opportunity of a free ground to, to have a run around and both sides look super clean, which is which is really, really good, I mean I said it last week with Box Hill. They, I mean, you you train how you play or how you look in the warm up. I don't. I don't always have to cast my eye across at uh, certain players having a shot for goal for St Kilda to know how they're going to go for the day when I'm watching uh, watching the AFL. And generally, it translates. And today, both sides looking very very clean. So I'm sure it will translate to to uh, after the first siren sounds in, in not too long now. Uh, we'll get our tips on the other games um, uh, uh, later on after today's broadcast because uh, most games starting at 2 o'clock today, that's Seaford hosting uh, the VU Western Spurs, Diamond Creek hosting Geelong, first versus second, a big one there, plenty War Memorial Park, 2pm start. The other 2pm game is Melbourne Uni and the Eastern Devils featuring Talia Randall from the Lions playing today for Melbourne Uni, that game at 2pm. But the game that starts also at 11 o'clock would be advised by the VFL that their video stream is having a few technical issues and they hope to be on air by about quarter time. Uh, Darabin versus the St Kilda Sharks will be having uh, around the ground scores as we uh, go along. Um, that, gentlemen, is a very big game. The Sharks at the moment, 2-1. and one. Uh, It's 1-2 and two for the um, for the Darabin Falcons. And um, the amazing fact is if, that, if the Sharks pull it off today, if the Sharks win... Darabin would be one and three. It's a big task. It's, it's a big task. But, geez, you know, it, like a side like Darabin could probably come back in there to make the finals. But, yeah. geez, it puts them on a slippery slope. I hate to say it. It's, it's, it's very Hawthorne-like in many ways. They don't, they don't have to be in any real 
super form in the finals or anything like that. They just need to get themselves coming into the finals. They just need to get themselves there, get all the cattle in the park, and, That's the and they can probably take another grand final. As we speak, the uh, coin toss in the middle of the ground, and uh, both captains just having a little bit of a chat. I think the coin got stuck in the mud there for a second, and then they had to redo it one more time. I thought he'd get stuck in the blood. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's probably got stuck in the left of blood. It was about that now. It was a little north of there. That. Uh, I, I think they just came up to an agreement. I think, guys, because uh, she, she didn't just point out like they always do, but I think they might be going to the scoreboard end. We'll obviously have that sort of in uh, just a moment's time. But, uh, again, uh, Vic Williams back in today as well from the Sharks. And as she revealed on uh, social media, she is coming back from injury, Phoebe McWilliams. So this is her first game back uh, in, in uh, probably a couple of months. And she's massive for them. Not not more so in the play that she brings, but the the, the leadership and the, the guidance and the way that she attacks the footy. She's kind of... I. I from what I can gather, a bit like a spiritual kind of leader for them. So she'll be massive. She's a massive win for them. What, what's her best position at this it's, level? It's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I always... Uh, I the think she's a better of, backman. Yeah. yeah the, evolution of footy, the evolution of footy, I mean, she was a centre-half forward and mm. all those kinds of things, and she's gone back, and she almost... She's kind of a bit. She's like a. She should be a third tall, shouldn't she? She's not she's, quite big enough or tall enough. Yeah, to yeah really she's an undersized centre half forward. Yeah. And she reads the ball well, so that probably does her well sitting yeah. in the back line, being the loose player, being and, the loose player. And she's the obviously a very intelligent player and good, good leadership in terms of her voice and stuff. So yeah. But she's probably that that player everyone wants to have that you can put her in one position, but she can play in the midfield on the wing and you know a bit rewild esque, I guess, in that way. Well, sides about to line up here for the Box Hill Hawks Cranbourne Eagles game. We are a minute away from bounce down. Let's get some ticks on the special comments today. Nick Nickrapontis, who will win today and by how much? Well, I'm expecting a low sp- a low scoring game because neither team has actually been able to exceed 40 points so far this year. So I'm I'm tipping uh, Cranbourne in a close one. Let's go with Christy Williams on stats today. Your tip. Yeah, no, I think Cranbourne will win, but um, I'll go by 13 points. Dan Hill? Yeah, Box Hill for me, Pete. I, not by many, probably a goal, but uh, I'm actually expecting a little bit of a high score today. OK. I'm going Box Hill to win by five points. I think we'll be in for a thriller. And we're underway here in our uh, match of the day and uh, taking away the Hawks straight towards the centre-half forward position. Bobbling ball around. Good trying to fire out the hand pass. Goes in there, then got caught by Johnson on the way through. Brings her opponent to ground. Not more friendly for the Hawks. Yeah, Cole popped out to <laughs> Kai's. Umpire's blown the whistle and said that one was a little too high. And that's a free kick. It's going the way back of Bridie Kennedy. Now, Bridie Kennedy, of course, was the joint TAC Cup girls' best and fairest out of the Stingrays. Can't, can't miss her. Bright pink ribbon. Oh, you got to love that. Take like, notice, recruiters. And now gets on the left boot. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, pray someone in the kids. Nope, don't pay any attention, uh, recruiters. Absolute shocker. Gilda takes it now. Gilda gets on the left, goes inside 50 with a kick. Bouncing football opportunity awaits here. Goal, McAvina. That's a shocker. Nickelvina puts it through for Box Hill. It was too easy. The hotspot 30 out, picked it up, put it through, and the Hawks one straight six. Cranburn no score. Nick Nicoponsa, some special comments. That is a uh, defensive nightmare. That's a coach killer right there. That, you <laughs> can't let, killer. you that's can't go to a stoppage and let the ball get out the back like that. That's as easy a goal as a small forward's going to kick. And don't do it to the home team as well. You need to get a, you need to get a good start. That's, that, that'll have them really up and about now. You know, it was Ebony Nixon, so. Yeah, missed the one on her back. back. Yeah. Ball tossed up in the middle of the ground. Watts and also Moody. Watts did some good work there. And we can see Mackie in the centre of the ground take it away up towards half forward. Oh, at the base, roving nicely. Gilda towards goal, oh. bouncing footy. And easy <laughs> as you like. Literally champagne football sharked off the pack. Snap around the corner. Two straight are the Hawks. And Cranburn sort of all looking around at each other, <laughs> a little bit flummoxed. Yet to score. That's true. 
Look at them. They're moving like Brown's cows at the moment. You know, they, they actually hadn't got really out of the centre circle and they were already back there again. <laughs> just had to turn around and... <laughs> That's that. What jokes aside, that is terrible footy. That is exactly. But that is great like, attacking footy. Get it oh, in know, quick. Hit the base. It's great from there. Oh. But Joe, you don't want to give the home team any more reason to be up and about. They <laughs> are going to the scoring <laughs> end, though, Christy. We know that. We know that from experience. <laughs> but there is no breeze. Up the ball back in the middle of the ground. One out on that occasion by Watts, who brought it to ground. Going in there as Johnson couldn't pick up the pill. Hurry kick out of the pack, courtesy of McLeod. Went towards the wing position. A bit of pushing and a shove, and just shoves the player out of the way. Johnson gets another possession. Alicia Johnson for the Cranbourne Eagles. Towards the half-forward flank position. Numbers back there for the Hawks with a high-raking kick around the corner, looking for Dillard, couldn't get her good had the hand pass, while under pressure got brought down, almost thrown out if you don't mind there by Kennedy, umpire calls play on Johnson goes in once more, but the ball goes to the boundary line, it will go out now over and out, Box Hill two straight 12, Cranbourne yet to score three minutes gone here in the first term did I say it was going to be a low-scoring game? <laughs> Daniel said it was going to be a high-scoring game. They just know me, they know me as the oracle around these parts, Nick. <laughs> Ball thrown back in. It's a very short throw-in. And again, coming through Mackie with the uh, the strap on her forehead from the injury she copped last week. She'll be easy to pick out all day. Goes up towards half-forward. Ball go over the line now to play. Right where the 50-metre line meets the boundary. And again, it is the Hawks in attack with the Eagles. Yet to go inside 50. It is Box Hill four inside fifties to Cranbourne zero, and we've played three and a half minutes in the first term. Ball is thrown back into play. Raposi Moody brought the ball to ground. Mackie again gets a on the right boot. Mackie towards the half uh, goes towards the fourth pocket rather. Flanagan was flying through the air, had it, dropped it, got it back again, gave up the hand pass to the teammate, well under pressure, dropped it. Mayfleck Wallace too high on the way through, and the umpire agrees. <laughs> and a little push in the back, and that is... Oh, this could be a double if we don't look out. It was Thomas that got dumped, courtesy of Claire O'Donnell, who's on the angry pills this morning. And she did it twice, too. You could have given away two pills. Well, that's what I was thinking. Very, very lucky not to. The umpire's giving a fair old march as well. I think Claire O'Donnell's saying to uh, to Tess Thomas, you ducked your head. You're lucky to get away with it. Tess Thomas now with the kick, goes long inside 50. Big fly through the air. McLeod was at the back, couldn't get onto it. Being brought down, Dylan, the umpire says, you're holding the pill. That's a free kick going the way there of the Cranbourne Eagles. And uh, with the long sleeves, McLeod demands to get the football back, gives it to her teammate, who is uh, the second person in the contest in Timmermans. She has the ball now. She is at uh, half oh, oh, it's an absolute worm burner of a kick. Didn't go too far. Maybe gained about 15 metres. Bowled over a few players in the process. Thomas trying to put on the pressure once more. Ball in dispute. Going through there is Flanagan, who couldn't pick it up. Trying to also get in there is Brianne Moody. She can't extract it. Tess Thomas Ooh. lurking around the pack. Another big bump laid on. And the umpire comes in and says that will be a ball up. 50 metres out from the Cranbourne goal. Bit going on behind play here too. So I thought something's going to happen. <laughs> ball tossed up. And winning the tap there, Abby Tanner has moved into the ruck for the Hawks. Again, Cranbourne attempt to extract. They come out the back. Good tackle laid by Mackey. Smothered around the corner there from Brianne Moody. She can't get it forward. The ball is at left half back now for the Hawks as they look to clear. McElvina just evaded her momentarily. Around the corner here from Nicole Garner. She coughs it up. Now we're in the centre rings. The Hawks just willing it forward. Tanner stood up in the tackle. It was like a giraffe in the headlights. Now she goes back in and gets it. Throws it out. Joelle Meters goes in for the Hawks. Mackey goes in to lay another tackle. Probably had six early. Now she extracts it herself. Hands out the back. Salafia over the top. Now a chance here for Good 
who switches it out wide and the Hawks can build. And that's what she does with a long kick. Too much on it. Went over the head there of Watts. Foot race on. Kai's going after it. Kicked it off the ground. Soccer style. Might want to try and chase it up again. This time bends over to pick up the football. Got knocked out of her hands though. Good defence there from the Eagles. The kick though is sky high. Is that Pereira that's parked underneath who takes the mark? Probably about, uh, let's have a look, 45 metres out from goal. Looks for some options. Decides to come back in. Board too much weighted on the kick. And it will be a turnover. Going the way of the Eagles. Here's a left boot kick. Going the way of Johnson. Johnson takes it. Half back flank. Alicia Johnson racking up the stats early. Gets on the right boot. Close to the boundary line. Too far. Out of bounds. On the full. Resulting free kick for the Hawks. On stats today, Christy Williams. Yeah, no, she's not racking up the stats for me. So I'm not taking a stat. So <laughs> thanks for that. Stitching me up again. <laughs> Two straight 12, the Hawks. Cranburn yet to score. Ball up towards half forward for the Hawks. They're into attack. Salafair goes in after it. Now thrown out the back by Johnson. Inside 50, kick ball was smothered from Olivia Flanagan. It was good work coming out from Steph Cutting. Gets a hand on it, knocks it over the line out of play. So a throw in. Right half forward. Box Hill still in attack. Seven inside 50s they have so far. Cranburn just the one, and it was a very, very shallow, shallow 50. Another stoppage here. A good chance to see if Cranburn can actually win one. As the ball is thrown back into play from behind Kara Moody, brought the tap down, trying to get onto it. Alicia Johnson, maybe taking high by by Mackey. The umpire said it was fine. Mackey went in and got it. Got caught by Bridie Kennedy. Umpire blows the whistle and says that will be a ball up. Seven minutes gone first term. Box Hill two straight twelve. Cranburn yet to score here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. It's the GirlsBayFooty.com match of the day. Half pass out looking for Salafia who well got claimed straight away. Here's an opportunity now for uh, for O'Donnell who kicked it right across the face of. Goal, a couple of bounces over the boundary line and out of bounds. Next to the left-hand point post, on special comments today, Nick Necropontis. I think Emma Mackey's brought her own footy. She's dominating every single centre clearance at this point in time. She's the definition of C-ball, get-ball. Absolutely. As the ball is thrown back into play, and the ball hit the base of the Whoa. pack. Oh, is that deliberate? The umpire says, no, that was fine, as Wilds just shuffled it through. Box Hill 2-1-13, Cranburn, no score. We've gone eight minutes first term here in round four of the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition between the Hawks and the Eagles. Grierson in the back pocket goes wide and on a long searching lead. Ooh, that's out in the full. I think that's out in the full. The um, field umpire's coming in to chat with the boundary umpire on Romy this. Simmons couldn't uh, get the mark. It's come off her shin. It was a half volley for sure. And I think it'll be out on the full. No, he called a throw in. I think you had the discussion of where it hit, and it might have been just above the knee, according oh, to the boundary umpire. It didn't look like it. Well, you know. As the ball is thrown back into play, half-forward flank here from the Hawks. Brought down the ground there by Abby Tanner. Going into lay a tackle as Tess Thomas. In goes Mackie once more. She's held on to by Tatum. And the umpire's pinned her for holding the pill. And says she took took him on. He didn't get rid of it. So that is a free kick. So Tess Thomas now moves it quickly to Haley Wilds. Barely goes to 15. Right up against the boundary line. Eagles stuck in their back half at the moment. That They're down by 13 points. Such a negative kick. Just went sideways nowhere. And that's goes up the line, managing to find the teammate in Steph Cutting. And that's cutting, all oh, that should be, yeah, it should be. And the umpire oh, hasn't lucky. paid it. So, Cutting, looking further afield, gets on the right boot. Going right up the line. Punch from behind by Salafia. Brought the ball to ground. Going in there is Shaley Taylor. Then out to Yule. Yule under pressure against the boundary line. Sees the ball over and out in front of the coach's bench. 2-1-13. Fox Hill. Cranburn no score. Nine and a half minutes gone first term. Dan Hill. Christy, is there just this thing with women's sport where it's as if, like, people don't believe you're going to cheat? But actually, you're <laughs> worse than no the one, blokes. So no one said that about my, my game, oh, tell you that. As a cricketer. Very <laughs> cool. 
It just seems every time there's someone go over the mark, they don't want to pay the 50 because, no, the girls are honest. They wouldn't do that on purpose. Ball inside 50 of the V-time for the Box Hill Hawks. They get it to the top of the goal square. Can they get their third? Little kick out the side of the pack for Dylan. Handballs back intelligently around the corner. McElvina. Sausage roll. And it's 3-1-19. And with Cranbourne yet to score, I think that might have been Rosie Dillon down there. She probably had a chance to snap it over her shoulder, decided to not go for the heroics, handball to McElvina, and it's as easy as you like. 3-1-19 with the Eagles yet to score. Box Hill dominating this Nine contest. Nine inside 50 to one. Cranbourne have no structure. They, they, we saw them when they were trying to kick the ball forward um, from the wing. They but they no. weren't kicking it forward. <laughs> kicking it sideways. They, they had like 15 <laughs> players just circling 20 metres in front of them. They had no structure. As the umpire throws the ball up in the middle of the ground, away we go again. Cara Moody wins on the tap, and it's taken away by Salafia. She got caught straight away. Moody winner once more, couldn't extract the pill. Coming over the top there is metres. She couldn't get clear possession. In goes McLeod over the top, and all wrapped up. Umpire calls for a bounce near centre-half fort for the Eagles. They're attacking the uh, Davy Street end of the ground. Ball up in the air once more. Going in there is Tatum. She can't squeeze it out. Ball on the ground. Van Dyke creating pressure. Circling is Karamudi. Umpire blows the whistle and says we'll have another ball up. 11 minutes gone first term. 3-1-19 Box Hill. Cranbourne no score. Ball hits the ground once more. Thomas was in there. Couldn't get it out. Lurking it by Taylor. And it's squeezed out now. Here's the opportunity. Swing it around the boot. Canuccio now moves it forward. And it's just bouncing away. Goes over the boundary line and out of bounds next to the right-hand point post. So ball deep in attack now for Cranbourne. Their first real major opportunity to hit the scoreboard. It's deep right forward pocket in front of the cricket nets. And it'll be tossed back in with Watts to fly against Cara Moody. Tossed in Watts to the front. Good smother laid on by Salafia. And now a little kick around the corner from McLeod towards goal. And I think it might have hit the inside of the post, the outside goal post, just the minor score. So they're on the board, though, Cranbourne. They build some pressure. They are one behind one point. They trail Box Hill by 18 points, 3-1-19. A quick restart quickly for the Box Hill Hawks. They're trying to work it out of their back half, although now they've coughed it up. McLeod comes through with the long sleeves. Kicks forward and running out and taking the mark. Might have been Steph Brown. Was she inside the line? Umpire says she was. So deep right forward pocket. Steph Brown. I think she might be going for the Stevie J special. At least considering it anyway. Lining it up that way. Taking her time. Now she plays on. She goes with the banana instead. And she's kicked it. (laughs) (laughs) She had a long, long think about it. And it was probably worth every second. She's going, am I going left foot? Am I going right foot? She probably should. I was going to say she probably should have kept thinking. She had several free players. But, boy, well. She's gone to Stevie (laughs) J. And she gets their first score. And and deservedly so. They managed to keep the ball and lock it in. They now only trail by 12 points. 3-1-9 in the Box Hill Hawks. Cranbourne. The Eagles, 1-1-7. One, one, and all of a sudden, some balance perhaps back in the game. And you saw they actually, Nick mentioned they had no structure there, but finally when they got control of it, you could see an essence of a structure. They clearly had a, a zone from the kick-out. Yep. Clearly. 
As the ball is back in the middle of the ground, Salafia takes it away for the Box Hill. Hawks kicks it long out towards the middle of our road wing. Manages to hit up her teammate in Dylan who goes for a run, draws the player to her, gives the hand pass off, right boot long inside, 50 with the kick. Went over the top there of Watts, ball dribbling towards the pocket, swooping around there is Leah Olsen, and she swings around, puts it on the right boot indiscriminately, close towards the boundary line. Will it go out? It will now in a foot race of three. And we'll have a ball in 55 metres out from the Box Hill Hawks goal. Hawks leading by 12 points here in this first term on special comments today. Nick Nicropontis. Kramer have to do something about these clearances. They're just getting smashed, especially out of the centre. As we wait for the ball to be thrown back into play, they set themselves, hit the ground, little toe poker off it. Going in there, Binder got brought to ground. She tried to get a kick away. Under pressure on the outer side. Umpire's blown the whistle and said that's too high and there will be a free kick going the way of the Box Hill Hawks. Opportunity now to try and present at the half-forward flank. That was Kais, but she was too close and kicked it right into the player on the mark. And then while under pressure, that was Timmons who laid on a good tackle. The umpire says it's holding the ball, so essentially no gain there for the Hawks. They've coughed it up and the opportunity now to swing around Alicia Johnson going further up the line with the kick. Came off hands. McLeod's going to try and swoop onto it. Had it, then lost it. Went back again under pressure. McLeod, when she did pick it up, stepped over the boundary line. The umpire said, you took the ball out with you. So we'll have a throw in. Five minutes remaining in the first term. It's Boxall leading by two goals. The ball will be tossed back in out of side. Tanner and also Kara Moody to go at it. And Tanner won it to the front. And she goes after her own ball. Little kick around the corner. Came from Nicole Garner, who's been one of the better players for the Cranbourne Eagles so far today. Ball at the base of a pack right half forward. Umpire's picked out a free kick. Says it's too high in there. And it'll go the way of Holly Whitford, who's out very, very wide at Box Hill City Oval. And she goes, believe it or not, even wider to Bianca Jacobson, who takes the mark and goes with a short ball over the top. It was through the hands of Emily Wallace. Numbers now with the Hawks. They clear away off left half back. It's Shaley Taylor gets the handball away. They try and move it through the middle of the ground into the uh, into the possession there of Rosie Dillon. It's knocked away from her. The Eagles force the turnover. Centre of the ground, Haley Wilds loads it up, kicks towards full forward, and it just hit the base of the pack. Numbers though with the Hawks working overtime in their defensive 50. They'll now try and switch the play somewhat dangerously. Oh, drop the mark on the goal line. Under pressure now back there is good. It's shoveled out towards the boundary line, which is smart play for the Hawks. Can they kill it? Good goes in. Might have got one high. Umpire's surely forced to call for it now. They lived very, very dangerously, the Hawks, but they get away with it. A ball up 10 out from their goal. kick across goal. Kick across goal. Don't kick across the post. That was going to land the tackle. Moody won the tap down. Taylor running on by. Couldn't pick up the football. Close against the boundary line. Tried to get a hurry little kick out of there. Didn't work out. Busting the way through there was the player in Johnson. Just kicked it right across the face. We're 20 metres out from goal. Wilds goes in there. Tries to create the pressure. Shaley Taylor goes in once more. Dropped the pill. The umpire said it was fair play on. Didn't have possession. Salafia picks it up. Just kicks for space there. Calling for deliberate. Deliberate. And deliberate's paid. Yes, finally got one. Deliberate's paid by the umpire. And Rebecca Pierce will have the football. She has it on the half-forward flank for the Eagles. They're down by two goals. Three minutes remaining first term on RSN Carnival Digital Radio in the VFL Women's Competition. This is what I mean about female sports stars being sinister. You know, you see that sinister. Yes, deliver it. Thank you very much, guys. Game goes on. Half-forward flank now. Air pass given away by Cara Moody. Set it up to McLeod, who went inside 50 with a kick. Besky was back there as well. Had it. The umpire's blown the whistle. Now he's paying the mark. Yes, he will. 
Good contest there, just beating out Tatum. And we'll play on quickly, go oh, through a dangerous-looking switch. Johnson made the most of the contest. She was outnumbered one on two, but the numbers will win in the end as good has it. Then oh. she gets dumped to ground courtesy of Garner, and the umpire says that's holding the pill. Free kick going the way of the Eagles. And they will have it at left half forward, the Eagles. Long ball oh, inside, oh, attacking geez, 50. That is, is terrible. A poor, poor kick. Really to no one in particular. And so running back with a flight now, Sarah Yule. She kicks it out Ooh, wide. Oh, that's even worse that's, kick. <laughs> that's come off the shin and gone literally at right angles, out of bounds on the full. So it'll be a free kick to the Eagles at left half forward. And it'll it'll go the way of Jasmine Grierson. She's deep, deep on the flank. So she runs inside, kicks long to the top of the goal square. Pack forms, ball to the back. The Hawks, again, with numbers, look to clear. Not a great ball out wide. In search of Pip Pesky. She goes for the slips catch, misses it. Over the line, out of play. So throw in 35 metres around from Cranbourne's attacking goal. Half forward left. They trail by 12 points. We've got a minute and a half remaining in the first term on girlsplayfooty.com. Match of the day. Brianne Moody does the ruck work on that occasion. Brought it to ground, trying to kick it off the carpet there was Garner. She was no good. Hurried little kick out of the pack goes towards the top of the square. Jam of six players in there. One of them there's Papadopoulos trying to hold it up. Umpire circling blows the whistle and will call for a ball up. Minute remaining here in the first term and our match of the day here at the future Meg Lanning Oval. Otherwise known currently as Box Hill City Oval. As uh, the ball goes up, hits the ground. Uh, can they squeeze it out? They can't. Uh, just a, oh, that was a shovel throw. Umpire's just missed it. He's allowed the play to go on. Going in there, Taylor, once more. Then goes in good. Get, pardon me, Papadopoulos. Got it out to Kai's while under pressure. Her kick goes straight down the throat of Grierson. So Grierson now has it. Decides to centre the football. Oh, jeez. Oh, dropped an absolute sitter there. Grierson job. wants to go back in once more for support. She did the shepherding and no one went in to pick up the football. Now going in is Bickelvina. She holds the pill up and the umpire blows the whistle. 30 seconds remaining in the first term. It's Box Hill by two goals. <laughs> the runner's gone out. Pack it up, girls. There's only 20 seconds left for the Box Hill Hawks. And that's exactly what they do. Ball thrown up. Salafia keeps it in the pack rather than releasing it. Smart football. Very close to the line. As the seconds tick by, only 15 remaining now. Shoveled out the back. The Hawks. Oh, no, it's turned oh. over. Now towards the top of the goal square. Oh, Cranbourne no. a chance. Ball over the back of the pack. Will it be oh. off the ground? Oh, just sort of a half-fresh air miss. Came from Nicole Garner, and in the dying seconds, it's booted clear by Shaley Taylor, and that should be enough to bring us to quarter time. <laughs> they they lived very, very dangerously, the Hawks. They really should have converted their grand event. For... But they are Oof. good for their two-goal lead in the opening term. 3-1-19, they lead the Hawks. The Cranbourne Eagles, 1-1-7. And on special comments, you've got to say, it was probably a tale of two halves in the first term. Box Hill, absolute dominance. And Cranbourne then just worked their way back into it. Nick Nicoropontos. Oh, sorry, looking the other way. Uh, yeah, it, it seemed whichever team was able to get the ball forward, kept the ball forward. It was just locked in there. No team was able to get any effective rebound. I have no idea how Cranbourne didn't score there in that last minute. They dropped a chess mark inside 50. They had balls going right across the goal face. Uh, it's like someone put some glad wrap over the goals. <laughs> That's a whole way of putting it. On stats today, Christy Williams. Yeah, no, we've mentioned the, the clearance dominance, and they did they did ping and couple back Cranbourne, but seven clearances to three. And as Nick mentioned earlier, the clearances were from the centre quite often, which is obviously a lot more dangerous than getting a clearance around the ground. And they were... They looked really... I mean, they just have to 
they just have to lock them down in the centre. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, at the moment, goal kickers look like this at uh, quarter time. For Box Hill, it singles to McElvina, Nixon and Gilda. Uh, for the Cranbourne Eagles, just the one goal to Stephanie Brown. We'll hope to have some around-the-ground scores for you just on the other side of this break. The other game on at the moment is Darabin versus the St Kilda Sharks. But here at quarter time at Box Hill City Oval, it's the Hawks 3-1-19, leading the Cranbourne Eagles 1-1-7. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. One of them is where I shake my head to get my hair out of my eyes. There's another one where I sort of do like a little squeaking in my throat. Tourette's syndrome is a neurological disorder that affects thousands of Australians. It is characterised by involuntary movements and vocal noises called tics. We can't help it and we're just like you in every other way. Visit Tourette.org.au. I usually wear white. And I prefer black. But lately, we've been getting into orange. When you're wearing SES orange, you know you're making a difference. And you're learning great new skills. You'd be surprised how good you'll feel in orange. The Victoria State Emergency Service is recruiting volunteers now for a broad range of roles. Visit ses.vic.gov.au or call 1300-842-737 and find out if orange is right for you. Authorised by Victoria State Emergency Service Melbourne, spoken by Emery's and A. Smallwood. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline held abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids and the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the Rules to find out Team more. Lester tells you why. The will to do it and the bravery to do it. Warren Huntley tells you how. He just looked to be squeezing through gaps that weren't even there at some stage. Australia's most respected form analyst and the consummate track man. Together, wrapping up Saturday's racing every Sunday morning on Correct Way. From 8am, it's the full racing review. Then from 9.30, Brad Baker leads the Sunday racing preview. It is a beautiful morning and we'll be racing on a good track. Correct Way is your full Sunday briefing. Sunday mornings from 8 on RSN 927. Thanks to Tab. We love a bit. Live across the web. This is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. Indeed, it is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio and on the app. Remember to download it from iTunes or Google Play. Just search for RSN uh, Racing and Sport. Download the app and just click on Carnival and you can listen to our coverage of the VFL Women's Competition anywhere around the world. It is uh, easy as that. Or, of course, you can go to the RSN website and just click on Digital Radio and that's the other way you can uh, catch our coverage. Around the ground scores, uh, at the moment, it's Darabin and St Kilda. That's the other 11 o'clock game being played at Bill Laurie Oval in Northcote. And the latest score we had from that one was... Low-scoring contest where Darabin one behind trail St Kilda Sharks two behinds and that was at quarter time. So you can imagine a bit of a slugfest between those two sides and just about the whole competition are waiting with bated breath to see if St Kilda can cause an upset because what I've been told at least at top level St Kilda have never beaten Darabin before. Two, yeah, that is correct. And in fact, really, uh, yeah, you would have thought just on the just I don't know that Darabin have been pretty unbeatable. You would have thought if. You would have thought. 
had sprung a surprise at one point. How long have they been around? Oh, goodness knows how many years. Nearly 20 years. And they haven't. Yeah, no, wow. ne- never beaten them. And, and, to, wow. and to add to that fact wow. as well... It's not like St Kilda have been kind of, yeah. you know, bottom of the no, bottom no. of the pack for two, 20 years. Two years ago, there was a game at the Peanut Farm, which I did, where St Kilda fell one point short after being up three goals at three-quarter well, time. one point loss is still in losses. And, and, and that was due to, unfortunately, Bree Davy going down with an ankle injury when there were five points up. And in that play, she went down and hobbled to the bench. That 30 seconds allowed Daisy Pierce to break open the pack, take the ball, put it, down the throat <laughs> Katie, put it down the throat of Katie Brennan, who put it down the throat of Georgia Hammond, who went goal and they won. So, of course. You know, that's how it is. <laughs> down at the huddles, by the way, was uh, the one at only Nick DeGrapontis. And uh, what did they have to say at the huddles you were at? Patrick Hill's pretty concerned, um, sorry, unconcerned about the uncontested possessions and the fact that neither team are really getting much. The ground is quite wet still, and there isn't much breeze, but the ground is quite wet, and that doesn't mm. really lend itself to uncontested gameplay. He's really happy with um, the way the team is structuring, though, especially from those centre clearances that they're actually right on top of. You mentioned um, uncontested stuff. There's only been five marks, five and four respectively, so... Yeah, that sums that's, it up. Um, yeah, it really does. And those couple of those, I reckon probably three of those marks that the Poxilla taken of the five have been intercept marks. So they haven't even been kind of that 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 chain of uncontested possessions. They've kind of just been intercept stuff. And same with Cranbourne have taken a couple of intercept marks as well. So, I mean, it is, as you mentioned, it is hard, but you'd want to have a little bit more control over the footy at some stage. It seems to be an absolute territory game at the moment. Mm. It's just get the ball forward, push it forward, keep it there. So as we wait for the crowd to uh, jump off the ground, good crowd in attendance, probably around 200 now here at Boxall. Plenty of cars on the outer side of the ground as well, enjoying the coverage. Of course, a reminder, if that you're at the ground, you can tune into 89.1 FM, a little at-ground transmitter, which you can hear all the action delay-free, or, of course, uh, RSN uh, digital radio all throughout uh, Melbourne. Dan Hill, of course, is at the Cranbourne Coaches Huddle, whose name I'm going to say incorrectly again. So, I'll, oh, Shane, isn't it? Sean. Sean. Oh, Sean. Thank you very much, guys. I'm just it? taking the mickeys. The ball is in the middle of the ground. We're underway again, trying to pick up the footballers. Tess Thomas couldn't quite do it. Uh, getting over the top of the pillars. Watts couldn't get the football out of the pack. Going in there is Leah Olsen as well, trying to create the pressure. Cara Moody watches on as well. Ball popped out. Mackie lurking nearby. Arms spread out like uh, she was on the Titanic, like Kate Winslet. Start playing the music please from Celine Dion but the umpire says uh, guess what it's a free kick to Cranbourne and she now kicks it long up the line it's a dreadful kick and it's an easy one there for Pereira to pick up and then she swings around kicks it wider still marked out there by McElvina she's on the wing position oh it's a bit of a grubber of a kick that could cost to be a turnover Papadopoulos all wrapped up umpire circling and blows the whistle and calls for a ball up as Kai's watches on you're at the Cranbourne huddle what did the coach have to say? Not much but then he got into it as, uh, as the, the quarter break tended to go a little longer and uh, basically you want one-on-one and you can just get over the top of them. It's very old school from the Cranbourne side. We know that Box Hill are very new age structure, etc. And that's really what we're seeing. Two contrasting styles so far. And here's the kick going in the direction of the umpires. They pulled out a free kick for pushing underneath the football and uh, being taken away there by Van Dyke. Van Dyke going up the line with the kick. Looks for a teammate. Just dropped it. Kaiser circling, near, circling nearby. She can't get on the end of it. Seen over the boundary line and out of bounds by Kuniko. And uh, we will have a throw in on the outer side. Middleborough Road side of the ground. It's a two goal lead to Box Hill. Ball tossed back in. Tanner in the ruck against Cara Moody. Tanner wins it to the front. 
And again, Box Hill have numbers around this. Can they flick it out the back? They try to do so, but McLeod was there to knock it over the line now to play for the Eagles. So they'll have another throw in on the outer side. Joel Meters comes up as the spare for Box Hill. She'll sit over the back of the pack on her own. Stoss back in. Tanner wins it to the front. Salafia now dives in after it for the Hawks. Trying to drag it out of there is Tatum. And the umpire says it's not going to come out of there. Plenty around this for both sides. But it's tossed up. And winning a clear and decisive tap there is Cara Moody. But she wins it boundary side. And the line will win out. So, Holden, do us a favour for crying out loud and get it out of here. Because... It looks like both sides are kind of happy to just keep it over there at the moment. <laughs> it does the commentators no favours whatsoever. <laughs> and we wait for the ball to come back into play. Spinning back in. Tanner brought it to ground. Is that dropping the pill? Umpire says no against Thomas. Allows it to go on. Telefair gets wrapped up. Umpire blows it and says too high. And that will be a free kick. And uh, a little bit of a scrap going on afterwards. That's Peshke goes to the hand pass. Oh, Older no. teammate right up the creek who dropped it. Dylan has to go back and again. Shrugs off two. Dances around. A little toe oh, poker no. kick. Dead set stolen by McLeod who now goes on. Goes forward oh. looking in the direction of uh, Brown who's got it up against the boundary line. Got to keep it in front of herself. Keeps tapping the ball. Still got it alive. Spun out of trouble. Gave the hand oh, pass back for pocket. Oh, they dropped an absolute center and Johnson. She's under pressure. Has to go back in once more. Coast against the boundary line. Brown going after it. Can't hang on to the pill. Can the Hawks come away with this? It's a grubby kick going up the line. Wild sees it over and out. 45 metres out from the Cranbourne goal. Brown did everything, but just couldn't put it between the sticks. Or, or catch the ball. Probably shouldn't have handballed. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone there didn't have a left foot. Ball tossed back into play with it. 50 metres the boundary line on the outer side of Box Hill City Oval. The Eagles... Cranburn, they're in attack, but cleared away here for Box Hill. McElveena turned on a dime. Dylan went in to help out. It'll kick out of the pack for the Eagles. Rolls inside, attacking 50. Coming out and meeting it at 3 million miles an hour was McLeod. But again, the Hawks, they just managed to repel. Dylan comes through, threw it out. Marinella Salafia goes in. She's dumped. It's tough in the clinches. The ball is at the corner of the square, left half forward. The Eagles, it's like a pinball in there. Is now at comes out through the agency of Claire O'Donnell who manages to clear the pack ball gets up beyond the wing and charging out of who I haven't seen a lot of today Tamara Luke she was super impressive last week when she played in the back line and I think maybe with uh, the chance to win today, they've decided to put her forward, but she's given away a free kick on the outer side, and the Eagles will have it. And here's the kick up the line, dropped there by Watts. Tanner wants to get it from Kais. Kais dropped it cold. The umpire missed it. Then Kais goes back in again, tries to get a little hand pass going forward. Taylor Lilly got one in the back. The umpire allows play to go on. Hurry kick forward. Oh, trying to uh, take the tackle there was Wallace, but just got bumped off with a get out of my way. Kicks longer up the line. Going in there, Kennedy. Tries to, uh, Kennedy goes in once more with a little hip and shot. Now picks up the pill. Mackie looking nearby as well. Kennedy got dropped. Hit the ground. In goes Kai. Puts it on the left boot at half forward. Tries to get it inside 50. The kick wasn't all that flash. And coming straight up the line there, Brian Moody, who now kicks it long. Has to be good to find Kara Moody. Goes for a run. Gets it to 55. Puts it on the boot. Brown over her head. Ball is bouncing. Was it touched? Oh, yes, yeah, it was. Yep, it was touched in that contest. 
128 Cranbourne Box Hill, 3119. How about Brian Moody streaming through the mill with a 50 meter, 50 meter bullet? Pass? It was more of a slow trickle. Oh, fair enough. No, I apologise. Brian Moody was streaming, and then when she got to the car, car, a car was <laughs> trickling. Don't let any ruck woman reach any sort of speed. It's not especially uh, not one with legs like that. I can only say that because that's where I used to play, and <laughs> yeah. I never reached any kind of speed. <laughs> So that's why I hate these new modern-age footballers like Paddy Ryder. <laughs> Ridiculous. Jeff White, all those high jumpers. Jeff White. As the kick goes short now to uh, Grierson. Grierson She's now been good, Grierson. Calm things down. She's uh, at half-forward flank. Gets on the right boot in front of our broadcast yeah. position. Got to be good with the kick. Oh, just one or two little... Uh, Bites the football there, Jacobson, then managed to pull it in. Jacobson's 55 metres out from goal. Pops it up into the pocket. Is it good? It is. And the mark taken here by Brianne Moody. She is on a very tight angle. She is kicking from 35 metres out to the scoreboard end. It's amazing what happens when you get the ball in the hands of your good kicks. Grierson and Jacobson just hitting up some nice targets there. And Brianne Moody. To she fancies see, herself. To see if she can bring it, it back to five points, the difference. A couple of... It wasn't a bad effort, really. A little, little, little bit stab. It was little the, stab. the P- Peter Dacos style. Two or three steps and stab at it, but oh. it's away to oh. the right. Oh, she's going. One three nine Cranbourne, Box Hill 3119. Is it lip-reading Christy there? <laughs> Melissa Kai said, good kick, giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit afters. I'm not sure if you say it to someone that's... Melissa Kai's is a dead set gnome. I'm not sure if I... <laughs> I'd be saying that to Brienne Moody. <laughs> Meantime, ball comes towards half-back. Salafia, oh, she's been sold up the creek by her teammate. Now the Eagles can smell blood. They swarm on the football at right half or left half forward, I should say. The Hawks managed to just lock it in. Has that been dived on? Umpire says yes. So it'll be a free kick against the Hawks. And there was about four laying on top of her so they can raffle it. No, he's actually picked out... <laughs> <laughs> you can't raffle it because I've decided who's going to have the free kick. So Emily Wallace will have to come back and take it for the Eagles. And goes for the kick under pressure. The teammate in Tibbermans who dropped it had to go back in once more. But all of a sudden, guys will run away with it here and then got bumped off the footy but got her left boot away. And it was a very good kick in the end. A bit of a don't There's argue as well. That was Luke who gave it across now to Good. Good goes further up the line. Puts a teammate and been under all kinds oh. of pressure. Had to feed out the hand pass. Worked out okay. Now going along the lines looking for Whitford who over around the football. Wants to go back again. Pesky glaze on the bump. In goes Tamara Luke. Put her on the right boot. Went up the line towards the half forward flank position. Good over around the football. Couldn't get in there. Tatum late on a bump as well. Hurry kick by Grierson going up the line. Awkward bouncing football. Taylor appeals that she was held. Umpire ignored it. Jackson goes with a hand pass looking for Brown. Brown comes in and wraps up her opponent and Van Dyke. She's going nowhere and the umpire will call for a ball up. Eight minutes gone, second term. Box Hill 3-1-19, Cranford 139 here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. So the umpire waits Jacobson. for the, the pack to form and Jacobson says, well, I better go up in the ruck. Knocked it inside. Little handball from Van Dyke. Wasn't overly effective. Good goes after it for the Hawks. Gets the handball out now. Mackey. Oh, handballed it to McIlvaina's shins. She fumbles it. Now she goes back in after it. Ball at half forward here for the Eagles where most of this quarter's been played. And the umpire will call for a bounce. Right half forward. She's been waiting to call to nominate as a ruckman for a while. She put her hand straight up there, And flew over the top of them as well. It was uh, th- third man up without because the other ruck woman was looking around for a direct opponent and was sort of blindsided by the fact Jacobson had actually nominated. Ball at right half forward for the Eagles. They work it out of the pack. Nicely done. Whitford. Oh, tackled as she kicked. Well done by Salafia. 
Overline out of bounds on the full free kick to Van Dyke in her left back pocket. Around the ground scores halfway during the second term at Northcote and it's a one goal lead to Darabin over St Kilda Sharks. One, two, eight, two, two behinds there. Guys now put on the left boot, went long up the line, went through several hands including uh, that of Tamara Luke, waiting out the back as Tatterby got spun around, got the hand pass away, Olsen got bumped off the football, in goes Tamara Luke again and the umpire blows the whistle and says it's all wrapped up, I'll call for the ball up on the bottom of the pack, Grace Dillon. It's interesting, yeah. Olivia Flanagan and Tamara Luke look very similar. Flanagan's a midfielder, and she's just got some size about her and, and good above her head, too. She couldn't take the mark on that occasion, though. Umpire says push out, and Tanner gave off the little back backhander oh, out to, to Mackie, and Mackie now kicked it in board with the kick. It was a turnover, though, as Johnson intercepted. Elisa Johnson, forward of centre, winds up, goes on the right boot, waiting at the back as Brown. It just went through her hands, couldn't hang on to it. In goes Mackie once more. She's circling the pack. Pesky's there as well. She can't get in, and the umpire... Still refusing to blow the whistle, now does, and calls for the ball up. 35 metres out from the Eagles' goal. It's Box Hill leading by 10 points halfway during the second quarter. Ball tossed up quickly by the umpire. It's one to the back here for the Hawks. They have the numbers. Wheeling around on the right peg. And kicking wide is Claire O'Donnell. Just in the nick of time as the Cranbourne Eagles, the forwards close down on her. The Eagles, though, managed to come up with it. At left half forward, kick towards goal. Oh, goal. Has it got there? She has. Great it kick. has. I think... Was it's that Nicole Garner? Garner? It was Garner. Nicole Garner. So she just managed to gather it on the uh, the attempted clearance for the Hawks and broke away from them and oh, thought she was going to pass initially and then decided... Well, probably, I'm only... She probably did too, judging by how high she kicked <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she was like. going top of the square and, <laughs> and managed to carry the pack and gets the goal. So, again, good for their work, the Eagles. They worked their way back into it. They are 2 3 15. They trail Box Hill 3 1 19. You can't blame Claire O'Donnell for taking a year to kick that ball. They had nothing forward. There was just a sea of eagles further ahead of them. Here on the GirlsPlayFooty.com, match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. One out on that occasion by Brianne Moody. Punched it forward, going in whilst to try and lay the tackle. She was successful, but going through there is good. It just put on the right boot and now went out towards the half-forward flank position. Had to be good with her kick and she was pinpoint perfect. She found Flanagan. Great Flanagan kick. now going oh. inside 50 with a kick. Big arms oh. up. Tamara Luke. Have a shot. Swings around, pulls the kick at the last second towards the top of the goal square. Ball came off hands. Looking around nearby, Flanagan for support, but pops out to her. It doesn't. Eagles holding it up, trying to get it to Tess Thomas. She goes in and lays the tackle, Thomas. And the umpire says, it's effective, it's holding the football, and it's the Eagles' way. So Tess Thomas with the ball, halfback flank. Let's get some stats from Christy Williams. Tess Thomas is going to leave in a body bag today. I reckon she's just spoiling for a fight. Tess Thomas now with the ball on the half-back flank position. Swings around on the right. Goes up the line. Oh. Good grab taken. Was that Garner in the middle of that pack who pulled that one in? Little ear massage from Mel Kosh. She's in the mood today. And kicks it long up the line. Big contest going here. Trying to juggle it. And the umpire will pay it to Timmons. She played on. Absolutely played on. <laughs> Timmons now on the right boot. Calls the player to come towards her. An awkward bouncing football. Now picked up by uh, Drian who now trying to get a hand pass over the top. But it was taken away by Van Dyke who put on the right boot towards oh. the half-forward play position, went through hands, Kais goes in, can't pick up the football, Eagles now swoop onto it, they go looking for Whitford, went through her hands, who had support at the back, Brianne Moody, who got bumped off her kick at the last second, going in there is Van Dyke, hand pass went nowhere, Brianne Moody poked it up, then tries to pop it oh. up for Brown, but the ball got away from her, and over the boundary line, out of bounds, on the full and now the horse will take it away. Oh, Yule, she went to switch and then she sort of thought, no, maybe not, and then decided, well, that was probably the best first option. So she goes wide, and it's a good kick too to Chantella Pereira, who goes around the wing to a one-on-one. McIlvain to the front spot. 
Couldn't come up with it. And she wheeled around her opponent, Rebecca Pierce, in a 360. Umpire waved play on. The Hawks have probably got a six on three out there, and the umpire says, no, it wasn't dragged in by the Eagles, who realised they lacked the numbers, and it'll be a ball up. Player a little slow to her feet. Over there is Tess Thomas. She's a little sore. It's tossed back up. Brianne Moody, the crumbing work, on the left boot, up towards half forward. Bouncing ball off the ground, Van Dyke. Almost kicked it straight through Chantella Pereira. Wasn't expecting it. And now the ball trails over the line out of out of play. So a throw in 60 metres around from Cranbourne's attacking goal. They've done most of the attacking in this term. I know it's uh, there's no breeze today, but certainly the scoreboard end, the scoring end yet again. <laughs> Four points the difference. 3-1-19 to 2-3-15. Hawks up. 14 minutes gone second term on RSN Carnival Digital Radio as the umpire from a distance has paid a free kick spotted one in the pack there and said it will be a Hawks ball and having it back there is Pereira who now goes up the line with the kick very good and uh, needs to find her teammate Mackie who goes long up the line with the kick looking for Rosie Dillon to run onto it but the ball bounced away from her over the boundary line and out of bounds between centre wing and half forward flank on special comments today Nick Necropontis the entire game has been played on that far wing it's it's not uh, coming down here at all I'm wonder, wondering why they're uh, they're looking to do that I mean all the, the ball ups have been on this uh, close side of the wing as the ball goes up in the air Moody punch it forward but it was wrapped up straight away as Watts watches on I can answer that one for you Nick it's when you've been beaten in three games in a row and you know that's somewhat the dead side so you're trying to semi-play defensive and we saw how good they were in their stoppages last week so Box Hill backing their stoppages in basically and again they're winning the stoppages like no so I don't I don't think I've seen Cranbourne in a clearance Christy two two and Box Hill ten twelve oh so far uh, yeah they've got 12 so far. Some extraordinary numbers. Brianne Moody went up in that contest but brought the ball straight to ground at the pack quickly forms and will call for another ball up between centre wing and half forward for the Box Hill Hawks on the Middleborough Road side of the ground. That's the far side that we're talking about. Seeing it over is Ebony Nixon and uh, we will have a thrown on the outer side. Four minutes remaining in the first half and the Box Hill Hawks leading by four points. I'll get you to check the history of the notebook, Christy, to see what the clearances were last week for the Box Hill Hawks against the Sharks. I'm pretty sure they won those by an absolute mile. Didn't translate to winning the game, but Sharks, one of the better inside sides. I know Brian, uh, I know Brianna Davey wasn't playing, but nonetheless, the, the Hawks really making a name for themselves in the, in the contest. And again, they force another throw in. What I'm loving on the outer side is the couple of supporters watch the game at the back of a Ute. Very country football style. <laughs> well, they're getting a better view than we are. <laughs> Absolutely. It'd be like the uh, like, like the, the the Grand National at Aintree. Just throw to the six different commentators because the course is too big throughout the day, throughout a single race. So again, the ball's forced over the line. It's just slowly been worked forward for Cranbourne. Probably in the last 90 seconds, they've managed to gain all of 35 metres as it's tossed back in and Doing her own roving work was Cara Moody. Oh, crashing in was McElvina. And then burrowing her way out the side of the pack there was Ebony Nixon, who's been super impressive today. Of course, got the first goal of the game. And Cranbourne <laughs> trying to shrug it out of there, throwing their hair about. 
And another ball up. So still centre wing. Come on, Pete. Do the business for us. Let's get it out of there. I'll try and be the clearance expert for you. Awkward bouncing ball went past uh, Grierson. Oh, you've done it, Pete. And it around here. For oh, she's kicked the ball. Oh, and uh, it was seesawing football through Moody's hands. Ball hit the ground. In goes Marinella Salafia. Can't quite bring it out. And it's all locked up. No ball popped out originally to Wilds, who then dropped it. Kicking in danger there as the boot went through. But... When that happened, the whistle had already gone earlier for a resulting free kick to the Eagles. So a chance for them here on centre wing, Middleborough Road side of the ground. Two and a half minutes to half time. Can they get the lead, the Eagles? Here's the hurry kick. Went straight through hands. Jumping up high was... Uh, there's Drennan. She couldn't hang on to the football, but the Cavalry has arrived. High, long kick. Brown comes charging at the pack. Takes a player out in the process. 45 metres out from goal. Papadopoulos win here. Trying to get a hurried little hand pass out. Metis is lurking on there as well. She can't pick up the ball. 25 metres out from the Eagles goal. It stacks on the mill. Umpire's pulled out a free kick for too high. Which way will it go? It's going the way of the Hawks. Right sandwich on the bottom of the deck. And uh, a free kick going too. Once... No, he's, he pointed one way, then the other way. So it is an Eagles free kick. And that's going the way there of Holly Whitford. He pointed the wrong direction. In, in fairness, though, I mean, I would have forgot which way both sides were going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it had been locked on the other side, side for so, for so long. long. Yeah. <laughs> Whitford now has the resulting free kick for the Eagles directly in front from 35 metres out. A chance to put them two points up. Touch. Oh, it's a shocking kick. Touch. It's touched. She got close to play on the mark. Marinella Salafia gets on the foot. He goes long out towards the pocket. A couple of that's bounces in out. Kick, is it deliberate? No. Throw it in, says the umpire. Uh, and Dead that's why I have 45 I, Honestly, out. just like spinners bowling no balls, I do not understand how you can kick into the woman no, on the mark. It is no ridiculous. It, it's the one thing about women's football that yeah, I've noticed a lot. Ridiculous. The player's too close to the player on the mark. You're right on the range. And as I said, though, the... the the players on the mark do cheat a bit and get away with it. There was an extra... That was actually fair, but there is a lot of occasions where they take one or two steps over the mark and get away with it. But, hey, if you get away with it, exactly. why, why wouldn't you keep doing it? Ball tossed up. One by Watts. A long way down the front in the end. Only as far as Papadopoulos for the Hawks. And, like any customary defender, just locks it up and says, but, ump, I can't get it out. You'll have to force a bounce. Old habits die hard, even though they can't really throw it over the line anymore deliberately. Still lock it up in the pack. Going back in, Papadopoulos. Now Salafia extracts it. Hands out the back to O'Donnell. Round the corner, bouncing footy. Just went past Grace Dillon. Now the numbers with the Eagles. Out wide, Grierson. Wheeling and dealing. Working in a phone box, then turned it over. Now a chance for the Hawks on the rebound. The footy comes out very, very wide and very, very long. Numbers now flood back. And the Eagles, they do get back with numbers. There was no structure forward for the Hawks. But now they've kicked it back to the Hawks' numbers. Not in time, though. Both sides obviously quite clearly getting numbers behind the ball, knowing how long there was left in the term. And at halftime, it is Box Hill. 3-1-19, held scoreless in the second term. And Cranbourne working their way back into it. 2-3-15. A four-point lead to the Hawks. And, geez, they struggled in that term to get anything forward of centre. But this one well and truly in the balance, Christy. Well, it's, don't, they've only just got two inside 50s. They were lucky to get that one, and it was too little too late, obviously. They've only had two inside 50s for the quarter, and Granbert have had ten. And it was pretty much the exact the exact opposite in the, in the first quarter. And so, so I can't understand Tamara Luke playing at centre-half forward. I know you probably yeah, want more potency in attack, but she was arguably yeah, no, best on ground last she, week. We haven't seen her. She hasn't had an influence at all, really. And the only time she has is when she's 
been a little bit behind the ball. She's had five touches, but she would have had double that already last week. She was phenomenal last week and can't really understand, especially when they were dominated so much, why you wouldn't throw her down back when you're just getting, when the ball just keeps getting hammered into your back 50. I don't, I don't understand it, but good luck to them. Yeah, possibly a match-up thing. I think they're sticking with Sarah Yule at full-back, but maybe they could switch those two around in the second half, which uh, might help them out. Pete, are we going around the grounds? Yes, I've got some around the ground scores. Half time uh, in the other match where Darabin 2-2-14 leads St Kilda Sharks 1-2-8. Uh, for Darabin goals to Vessio and Brennan. And for the St Kilda Sharks, their solo goal to Brittany Benici, who kicked it with a minute to spare uh, before half time. That's at half time. That's at half time, 14-8. It is yeah. a slugfest. In fact, if Darabin have got back into the side as well. Hickey, Paxman, O'Day... Brennan Vessio. So, I can uh, hear the rust from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since some of them being back, but you can see that they've put some of their bigger names back into the team today because they've realised that the Sharks are coming for them today, and it sounds like it was just a goal the difference. How many of the Sharks brought back in? We know Davey didn't play last week, and da- there's a few others. Da- Davey is back into the side. Um, Williams? Yeah, Mick Williams has also uh, come back in. Uh, I think they named, yep, uh, Madison Gay, I think was, no, Gay was yeah, playing last, last week. week. Yeah, she's was... still playing, though. I thought she, they might have tipped her out for a week in uh, terms of, because she would have played every game, I reckon, Madison Gay. They had named Slicer, but she's not named in this uh, team list here, so it looks like she must have been a late withdrawal. But, but Bree Davey and Mick Williams coming back in for them were the two big ins that they needed. So they're 99% strength then, the Sharks, obviously minus Mo Hope, who we don't think will play for the year, so we're not counting her in the 100%. And uh, also not playing, interestingly, is Penny Killer-Reed. Is, is not listed. Mm, she picked. She picked up a couple of knocks last week. She did. Penny. She was. She, I, when she wasn't kicking out, I was wondering why. And she was limping around in the back pocket. So maybe just a, a, a sneaky week off. Gee, they could do with. Gee, they could do with her given the ins for that. <laughs> yeah. Would be nice to have a back pocket in a, in a game against the. Uh, the reigning, reigning, reigning premier. How many they won in a row, Darabin? Uh, four. Play, yeah, it was four in a row after winning five previously. So that's nuts. Indeed it is um, And I think someone told me It's not even the most premierships Technically if you include VWFL as well The Scorpions I think won 11 so. but, Well in fairness though It's Who not as though Scorpions? The, 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 uh, no, 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 no. There were originally the Broadmeadow Scorpions, and they Broad became the East Meadows Brunswick Scorpions. Okay. And they folded many years ago. Many years ago. But they were part of the early, early years. I thought you were talking. I thought, thought you were talking. Um, Not Casey. That, I thought you were talking VFA. No, no way. Was it uh, South Sydney won eleven in a row? Was there who was who won eleven in a row in the, in the NRL? St George. St George. St George. I, I think the. The, the thing to note is that the last two have probably been the hardest for Darabin. I know they lost one to Diamond Creek many years oh, ago. Oh, they only yeah. won by a kick last. It was but it's getting harder. It's it was certainly touching go last grand final. It was only a, only a couple of seconds in it, really. And now they're, they're, one and, they're one and two, and they've found themselves eight points up, having only kicked two goals in the first half of a game. It's extraordinary. Let's get some thoughts on the first half from our special comments man for today, Nick DeCropontis. Well, it would seem Box Hill just closed up shop in that second quarter. It's almost like they they realised that the scoreboard end is the scoring end and just wanted to lock that, that ball down on the far wing. They were moving the ball so freely in the first quarter, but they just they just closed up shop and the ball was just trapped around 17, 18 people just around the ball. It was It was impossible to get the ball anywhere. Yeah, I don't really mind that from Box Hill, though, because, as I said, they, they do excel around the stoppage. I think the key was that Cranbourne locked down on the easy one out the back. Yep. So there was no easy handball at the back, so then they weren't able to 
sort of transfer the ball in that U-shape to then get some run. It was sort of one handball. Yes, it's a clearance, but it's sort of a, a nowhere or a yeah. kick or something like that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Box Hill decide, all right, well, yeah, we've got the stoppage game, but we want to get some reward for our efforts. So maybe we need to bring the ball back through the middle because I know they have that in them. They did it last week. They tried to bring the ball back through the middle once in that quarter, and it was just in front of us, and kicked to a, a, a two-on-one and managed to kick it to the one. So then they <laughs> yeah they did, <laughs> and then, so then they went a bit gun shot. But I'm sure they'll that'll be the encouragement at, at halftime for for Box Hill. As for Cranbourne, we know they're going to stay old school. It's going to be one-on-one. It's it's going to be try and stifle the opposition. So it's a, it's contrasting styles as I've said all throughout the day, but it's intriguing. Absolutely intriguing for the second half. Let's recap the stats quickly before half-time with Christy Williams. Yeah, we spoke about their clearance dominance. They've had, what, 7 plus 6? 13. 13. <laughs> you, should, you should have said 7 and 6, and I would have just said 13, and then you would have said, thanks, Dan. I was about to say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they've had 13 clearances to, to 6, and that... I mean, we did mention they clamped down a bit, but they still, they are very, very impressive around the stoppage. But also six marks apiece, so starting to get a little bit more control over the, the footy cramber, but the, the inside 50 count was the big one. Uh, there they had 10 inside 50s Cranbourne to only two and both of those two went straight back out again and they probably didn't go further than one or two metres past the inside 50s. So pretty much 10 inside 50s to zip and they're probably lucky they're not further um, further ahead. And what's the count for what was the count from the first term for the inside 50s just quickly? So 10 inside 50s to 6 Box Hills way and then it was re- reversed to 10 inside yeah. 50s to Cranbourne to 2. So in terms of scoring end we've got 20 inside 50s to the right of your radio dial and although if you're listening on uh, RSN Carnival you have a, a digital dial so it's the, ro- the right hand end of your radio <laughs> and uh, only 8 <laughs> inside 50s to the, the left of screen so Really, there's it, it no breeze. I don't yeah. know. We'll have to check the slope, yeah. get the spirit level out or something, because uh, it just seems to be the my, scoring end. My tree over there is not moving at all, so I don't think there's... I don't think there's any. The Christy Williams tree. <laughs> uh, Speaking of parks, I know it's going to be uh, Meg Lanning Oval, but is it going to be the Christy Williams oak or something over there? And, and my teammate, our, our famous Box Hill wicketkeeper, Pip uh, Taylor, who's a... Science, science nerds. That's that's her tree that she usually comes and sits uh, underneath while she sleeps for training. So she won't be too happy about it. The old country kid from New South Wales loves her, loves her, loves her trees. Well, she'll be able to probably give us the uh, the Latin name of, of that tree. You probably texted in. She she can. I, I should I should ask her if I can borrow her tree for a bit. But uh, obviously the conditions are now superb for football, and hopefully we can see some more brave player people taking it on and not sliding in to get the ball and keeping their feet. And the fans are doing their best work as well. They're, they're on We've this side. we got Wonder Woman down, the, down there on the ground. It's always, always a good look. <laughs> they're trying to kick the Jew off on this side so we can see a bit more play on our side of the ground in the second half. That's all we're liking. We'll take this opportunity to take a break here at halftime on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. This is the girlsbayfooty.com match of the day where it is the Box Hill Hawks 3-1-19 leading Cranbourne 2-3-15. <laughs> You're listening to 
listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. Every week, more than 20 Australian families will hear the words that will change their lives forever. Your child has cancer. For the long and uncertain journey ahead, Red Kite is there with very real help, like hospital and community-based support, vital financial assistance and educational services. Can you help Red Kite support these families through their cancer journey? Visit redkite.org.au or call 1-800-334-771. This is Danny Green. On a night out just like this, take it from me. One punch can be deadly. Thrown in anger, without warning, without gloves, it can kill. One punch can end their life and ruin yours. It takes grunt to throw it. It takes guts to walk away. One punch can be deadly. Authorised and spoken by Danny Green Perth. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids. And the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the rules to find out more. Hi, I'm Lane Beachley. Cartridges for Planet Art just had its biggest year ever. On average, 13,500 printer cartridges were collected every working day. And they were all turned into useful things like pens, garden beds, even road surfaces. So thanks to everyone who recycled from home, work or school. To make the coming year even bigger, check out cartridges.planetart.org. children are so precious and the next generation of farmers make a safe play area where the fence and gates are secure with supervision you'll reduce the chance of kids being injured or worse visit farmsafe.org.au you're okay just did it because he likes you don't try like a girl mate violence against women starts with disrespect the excuses we make allow it to grow violence against women let's stop it at the start the symptoms of ovarian cancer sound like part of every woman's life. Abdominal bloating, abdominal or back pain, appetite loss, changes in toilet habits, unexplained weight gain or loss, indigestion or heartburn, and fatigue. But if these symptoms are unusual for you and they persist, please see your doctor. For more information, visit the Ovarian Cancer Program website at nbocc.org.au. When you get a spare moment, pour a coffee, jump on the web, and have a go at the RSN 927 listener survey. It won't take long. It's your chance to tell us who you are and what you're thinking about all sorts of things, from racing and sport to the way you use social media. And there's a nice prize from the tab up for grabs. We'd love to hear from you. So get started and look for the listener survey link at rsn.net.au. Saturday morning, wake up with Victoria's 30-minute Greyhound Report, then 30 minutes of Victorian Trots News. From 6am Saturdays, RSN 927 is Talking Greyhound with Simone Fisher. Then from 6.30, we're Talking Trots. You'll hear from the newsmakers, get the previews and selections for the best of the weekend's racing. Talking Greyhounds and Talking Trots, Hounds and Horses. Every Saturday morning from 6 on RSN 927. 
Live across the web, this is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. And welcome back to the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio and on the RSN app where it's the uh, Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition Round 4 Halftime Box Hill Hawks 3-1-19 lead at Cranbourne Eagles 2-3-15 around the grounds at Northcote it is Darabin 2-2-14 leading St Kilda Sharks 1-2-8 in a real scrap fest there the other three games being played today all start at 2 o'clock Seaford hosting the VU Western Spurs Melbourne Uni hosting the Eastern Devils and Diamond Creek versus Geelong at Plenty War Memorial Park that is first versus second absolute cracker of a game uh, that will be and I guess we get to find out really where the Geelong Cats uh, sit because we know they had two impressive wins in round one and round two but then uh, struggled against Cranbourne and only racked up a seven point win last week. Three really and I can tight see why, games though. too. I can see why because Cranbourne do sort of play that that pack around the ball and, and I can Geelong see why. also a very young Young side. Because that would be hard to deal with. Yeah. And they do have the bigger bodies as well, Cranbourne. Like you, you can tell they've been around a while and and they've they've got some class on the outside too. We haven't really seen much of that in the first half, but I can certainly see the contrasting styles with Geelong probably trying to play clean and and um and sort of pretty football, which is what I've been told sort of seems to be the plan. Um whereas Cranbourne don't mind a scrap at all. No, Thomas, as I said, she's going to leave in a body bag. She loves it. <laughs> she loves a bit of niggle. I do love seeing you mentioned that a lot of girls. A lot of girls in, in all types of sport can play very nicely. And I love seeing a bit of, I love seeing a bit of niggle. Box Hill gave it certainly didn't, uh, tolerate yeah, it. Yeah, didn't shy away. Did they? Which is, which good. was, I was semi surprised. I which thought, which is, yeah, absolutely. Special. I thought, I thought it'll be, I'll, I won't engage and I'll not run away, but I'm not interested in this garbage. No, but they, was, they Hang on, I'm going to stand here and, there's no jumper punches, of course, but there's uh, <laughs> start that again. plenty of verbaling. No, it's good. Which is good. It's good to see. It's good to see you both caring about it. Very hard to jump a punch with the women's jumpers as well. Oh, it's tied to V at the top. No leverage. Well, you wouldn't be able to get a. Maybe the, maybe, the, maybe the blokes' games should, should learn something from that. If you give them the tighter around the top, they won't be able to get any leverage to be able to punch each other in the first place. <laughs> well, maybe people need to start putting grippo on their shirts. <laughs> Can't get it off. What are you expecting to see in the second half, Christy? Are you sticking with your tip? What are your thoughts? No, no, I am sticking with my tip. I think we saw some danger signs in that second quarter of what can, and they're lucky, I think, Box Hill that they're not behind on the on the scoreboard to see that inside 50 count. I think they're in trouble if they let that happen again, especially if the coach tells them he doesn't care if they win or lose again, because uh, they'll end up losing. Yeah, I went, I went <laughs> up before acceptances when I said uh, on the Oracle when they were two or three goals up in the first five minutes, but they, Box Hill Hawks, they haven't scored for 35 minutes effectively and in got, any nowhere, got nowhere near it. I mean, it does say two inside 50, but essentially they had zero. Do you make changes, Pete? Do you expect to, them to come out in a, in a, in a different... Uh, Different structure in terms oh. of uh, in terms of maybe personnel or maybe oh. even structure generally. I, I think they go with what they did in the first quarter. It worked well for them. I think their aim is to try and get three goals. So they get three goals in this quarter. It should be enough just to put the stretch on Cranbourne. Um, if they only get one goal, then it's then for me it, it's open for Cranbourne to roll over. Tell the top you of it. who would I'd be very worried about? Brandon Mooney had. Brian Moody had six yeah, touches. Got off the chain, didn't she? Six touches in that um, that second quarter, and she looks and she yes, she's a ruckman. She does move pretty well, but she is definitely a ruckman who has influence. She's not. She's a beautiful tap ruckman, both her and her sister are. But you saw her 
bursting through the, the middle of the ground, a long raking kick. She good good mark overhead. I would be very worried about her getting off the chain because she can actually provide some really good inside fifty. They do kick it to each other a lot as well, which is something <laughs> I've picked up and noticed in the. In the they they are so. Oh, you you love watching them tap because they get up they get up so high. They yeah, have fantastic both, touch, both yeah. of them. They, they're very. They're very, kind of like the, just the... It is rider Yes, you'd show, show a tape to a young kid and say, this is how you should be how you should be tapping. Well, we're just about ready to get underway for the third term here on the GirlsPlayFooty.com match today on RSN Carnival. Kennedy is going to start yeah, in Kennedy the ruck in the middle. for Cranbirds. They've easily made the switch. Umpire holds the ball off and we are underway. Third term here at Box Hill City over. Watts wins out in the contest. Put it straight down the throat there. Back here. Went for a run. Went inside 50 with the flattened. kick. And a she free got kick. flattened as she kicked it is for downfield will go to Flanagan. So Flanagan now has the pill. Flanagan lurking around for Box Hill and then oh kicked it oh, straight no. to the player on Did the mark in cutting. That? Oh, that is it's frustrating. Out to Wilds. Wilds under pressure near the boundary line. Petsky chasing after her. Wilds chases up the kick, then boots it about thirty meters along the round, close to the boundary line, and it will go out. And we'll have a throwing in center wing out of side, but that again is frustrating. I don't understand. How it was that bad. Emma Mackey was running forward, saw the kick was smothered and actually fell over because she had to change direction so quickly. <laughs> I think she might have been helped on her fall, Nick. Ah. By someone wearing blue. My story was better. Ball <laughs> <laughs> toss back in, out of side. And, and again, a lot of play perhaps going to be on the out of side in this term. Goes straight to the base of the pack and it'll be thrown up. Kennedy against Watts. The two number 30s go against each other. Watts the tap. Now she goes in back after it. Thrown out by Kennedy. Regathers her own ball. Then a little flick pass. Got away with it. Brianne Moody comes through, kicks it off the deck. Bit of Texas wedge work. Brown's in there trying to come up with it. She's wearing the, the glove. I'm not sure she had the glove in the in the first half. That might be an addition. Ball up towards half forward. And running away here for for uh, for the Hawks was Olivia Flanagan. Kicked up towards half forward. And now comes back to Flanagan, who loads it up. Goes inside, attacking 50. Tanner, ball over the back of the pack. Racing towards the top of the goal square. Cranbourne do have the numbers. Can they force it through? Oh, off the ground. Uh, Rush through in the end, but just a chance momentarily down there. I think that might have been Gilda at the top of the goal square. Couldn't get it on goal and just a minor score. So 3-2-20 box hill. Cranbourne 2-3-15. Two minutes gone, third term. Kicking it to herself. Oh. There is Olsen. Oh, nearly ran into trouble. Yeah. And then kicks towards the hot spot. 40 metres out for defensive goal. Good put a punch in from behind. But the kick taken away by Garner. Garner with a long kick. Brown tries to go chase after the football. Wraps up Pereira. Gets dumped into the ground. And the umpire circling, circling. It popped out now to Kennedy. Kennedy got dumped. Umpire still calls play on. In goes Tess Thomas. You can't extract it for the Eagles. And the umpire calls for a ball up center wing broadcast side here at Box Hill City Oval five points the difference Hawks way umpire throws the ball up in the air away we go again call that break even between the racks as the ball hit the ground Garner circles picks it up put it on the right boot goes towards the center half forward juggling 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 mark taken there by Cara Moody Moody swings around near center half forward on the right boot tries to pierce inside oh. the kick oh strong grab oh. 
great grab taken there by the player in Timmins. Rory Timmins now gets going on the right boot. Romy Timmins inside 50. It came off hands. 35 metres out from goal. Going after it is Cara Moody. She can't pick it up. Just kicking it off the ground is, uh, I think it was Flanagan, who tried to gain some metres on the kick. Gained about 20 metres. Half-back flank now for the Hawks. Middleborough Road side of the ground. Hit the ground. Hand pass coming back with some Whitford. Now the kick inside 50 looking for Kennedy, who slipped over at the crucial moment. Brown went in there as well. Ball hit the ground. Brown once more. Hand pass out. Intercepted by Watts. Watts on the right boot, goes up towards the wing position, bowled over a few players with a kick Mara Lou just shoved someone over <laughs> worked her way to the front, kicked it off the ground kicked it off the ground again to Mara Lou foot race on, here comes Dylan goes to pick up the football, little chip and goal, and driven oh, it the post, coach killer no, that's not a coach killer she that, she's going to appear on after oh, the bounce, no. the Chiefs going to hate that, Rosie Dylan <laughs> could have just picked it up and then kicked it goal umpire hat high Dribble on the ground, let luck come into it, and that poster now makes it one goal the difference. Worse than that, she could have walked into an open goal. She could have walked to the goal line. (laughs) Cranburn, in the meantime, have managed to move the ball and work it quite nicely up around the outer side. They do have the numbers here, and extracting it there is Kimberly Cunico. She wheels back inside, took an accidental bounce. Kennedy on the right boot up towards half forward. Running out onto it and doing it at extreme pace there was Romy Timmins. They, can they get it towards full forward? They do now, but it's a, a one-on-two. In front, Papadopoulos decided to punch to the front. Maybe could have taken the mark. Been trying to kick it out of there with Chantella Pereira. Had a fresh airy. Papadopoulos shoves it back under the back. The umpire says we'll bounce it. So end-to-end for the Eagles, and they force a bounce 25 out from their attacking goal. As the umpire throws the ball up in the air, away we go again. Garamudi one out in the contest. Close towards the boundary line. Hand pass back to Mackie. He's going to run across the face of goal. Then goes with the kick. Has to be good. It is. Yule. And Yule now gets on the right. Goes long up the line. Flanagan wants to try and race after the football. Support there from Pereira who wraps up her opponent. The umpire said you got it too high though. And that will be a free kick going the way of Wilds who just goes with a short little chip. And, and oh, gets marched as well. So Paisley... 50 metre penalty. The shot will now be coming at goal from about uh, 30 metres out. It's a fair 50 as well. It's a massive 50. <laughs> so this is a chance I think Hayley Wilds will be having the resulting free kick. 45 degree angle looking to square the ledger. It's currently one goal the difference. Box Hill lead. She's got a 50 metre, 50 metre runway here. <laughs> Wilds comes in on the right boot. It is across the face. Big Fist put in at the last second. Ball hasn't even gone through yet. Good goes fighting in half of the football. Squeeze one out. Snapshot hits the post. And might have scored. 2-4-16. Cranbourne trail box hill. 3-3-21. And we've got about five minutes into this third turn. It was a 50-metre penalty that turned the game last week for the Hawks against Mm. them in the fourth term. So they've been having a bit of flashbacks there. Papadopoulos to herself. Into the right-back pocket. Goes very wide in search of Tamara Luke, who... Takes a beautiful mark, as you heard in the background. She wants to wheel around. She has Watts up the line. She goes in that direction. It's a good ball for Watts, although just over her head. Numbers with the Eagles at the base of it. Little handball at the back to Rebecca Pierce, who <laughs> hospitals one inboard to Kennedy. In fact, it was, it might have been one of the Moody's. It was Brianne. She can't come up with it. Lots of players around it now at left half back. Well, sorry, left half forward, I should say, for Cranbourne. And the umpire now will call for it. So 
ebbs and flows, and now it's all locked up again as it's thrown up and one out wide towards Kai's and might have got one high. And, in fact, it wasn't Kai's. I think it might be McIlvaina there who's got the free kick. She loads it up, goes very, very long to the wing. Probably just clears the wing. Dylan at the front. Now Mackie gets the hands out to Kai's on the left boot. That trusty left peg up towards Pereira at half forward, though. The Eagles with the numbers. Can they clear away here? Grierson oh, turned into trouble. Then threw it out. Dylan, can she get it clear? That's Grace. She can't do so. Umpire surely forced a call for it. Going into later tackle was Pereira. So the Hawks finally somewhere near in attack in this term. They're at right half forward. They could have scored probably on their last flurry, but now they try and force it forward. But again, Cranbourne starting to get the ascendancy in the stoppages. Running through was Drennan to try and lay on the shepherd. Now the ball on the centre wicket area as Cranbourne try and force it clear again. Tatum comes up with it nicely. Kicks towards half forward. Chance here for Shaley Taylor for, for Box Hill. Hacked off the ground here for the Eagles. They have the numbers. Steph Brown on her own, almost in the goal square. Flying oh. shot at goal comes from Tess Thomas. Nick. Is it Tess oh, Thomas down there? About it. And she slotted it. Up and about. Or is it McLeod who's taken the long sleeves off? I think it's McLeod. At halftime, she took the long sleeves off. She kicks the goal. That's just me. <laughs> Come on. And it's the reverse Cam Guthrie. She puts them on at halftime. She's taken them off. And Cranmer get a much-deserved goal, really. They, they managed to keep the Hawks at bay. And they move out to a one-point lead. They've hit the front, 3-4-22. The Box Hill Hawks, 3-3-21. Well, we've already had five inside. It's on 50 gram, which uh, doubles the amount we were talking about at that end uh, for the entire for the entire half. So, very dangerous. On special comments, Nick Necropontis. Yeah, um, Brody Watts looked like she took a pretty big hit uh, um, and has been st- was stuck behind the stoppage for most of that play there. That might have helped Cranbourne get the ball forward. Around the grounds at Northcote, 2-3 leads 1-3. Darabin leading the St Kilda Sharks in that game. As the play goes on here, it's out towards the wing position, now half forward towards Garner. Garner now takes it 65 metres out from goal, tries to set up the kick for the Eagles. Ball bobbling around, Kennedy goes afterwards, dropped it, went back and get it again under pressure, had to get the hand pass out. Boom, big body through and Luke cleaned up a player on the way through. Pereira now puts it in towards the middle of the ground, foot race on once more. No one inside the forward 50 though for Fox Hill, so we're oh. Do with it. There's no one to go. Oh, Decided no. to take a it bounce. bounce. Yeah, it just it just <laughs> stuck and hit the ground. It was like the ball was flat. Now going in there is Mackey. Had it momentarily, lost it, slid into the contest. Pereira goes in there as well, all wrapped up. The umpire calls for a ball up. They've done very well to get a stop inside 50 out of that, the Hawks. We're 45 metres out from the Hawks' goal. They're down by a point. Ten-minute mark. Third turn. Ball up. In goes Brianne Moody. Wins it. Got it across to uh, towards Drennan. Drennan now went towards the half-back flank position. But it was ricocheted straight back. Grierson was lurking nearby. She couldn't pick up the pill. Ball is lurking around for Salafia. She can't get it out either. In goes Kennedy on the bottom of the pack. The umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. 52 metres out from the Hawks' goal. They trail by a point. We've got a spare inside 50 here, Box Hill. That's always handy. <laughs> I think it might be one of the Dillons. There's Grace Dillon down there. She's on her own. That's always helpful. Will it come in her direction? Cranbourne will need to win this one-on-one, and they at least break even. But now it comes forward. There will the extra payoff? Oh. Kai's big hit on with Leah Olsen. They collided. Two worlds colliding there. The ball at the base of the pack. And will it come out? It's a left half forward. McIlvina around the corner towards full forward. Tanner. Couldn't quite win the contest. Diving on it was Rebecca Pierce. Oh, now no. it comes out the back. Pierce is injured in that. She's done her knee. In that knee. little fracas. She looks in a lot of pain. 
got a rolled really, her ankle. Oh, really awkwardly had her leg twisted, twisted under her there. Not sure knee or ankle, but mean, awkward little twist. Meantime, ball's gone out of bounds on the full. It'll be a free kick to Cranman in the right back pocket. And just lurking around there, Tatamu now. Hugs very close towards the boundary line. Could be an intercept here. Lee Olsen tries to put the pressure on a boxer opponent. Ball came out. Dylan had to keep the little hand pass back to Kais. His kick was under pressure and then smothered. Ball hit the ground 50 metres out from goal. Salafia goes in for the contest. Tries to roll over her opponent. In goes Kais once more. Tries to beat out the hand pass. Wasn't successful. Lurking nearby in the pack is Kandiko. She can't get out the football for the Eagles. Mackie. Ball is still on the pack. Trying to go in there once more is uh, what She couldn't extract it out. Random kick out by the Eagles just goes out towards the wing position. Pereira after the football. She goes to ground. Kennedy watches on. Umpire circling, circling, circling. Blows the whistle now and calls for the ball up. Set a wing out of side. We've gone 12 minutes in the third term here at Box Hill City Oval. And Cranburn lead the Hawks by just one point. And Watson, Cara Moody. Watts couldn't win the tap there. And it was Moody getting it down. Ball up towards half forward. Kennedy rove the pack beautifully. Little chipping ball over the top. Little one-on-one. It's a big one-on-one. As it, they fell over in the, the nick of time there, I think that might have been Timmons down there. Ball towards defensive goal line for the Hawks, and they've managed to win a free kick. Might have got one too high. And looks like it might be Papadopoulos down there to take it. No, in fact, it's Van Dyke. She's last line of defence. She'll switch the play for the Hawks. Oh, God. Oh, oh, dangerous kick. Came off hands. And the umpire's actually paid out a free oh, kick for too that high. That's a get-out-of-jail card. Never do that again, please. Normally when they switch with confidence like that, Pete, I can hand it to you comfortably, but not today. And the umpire might blow the whistle for Fitty. over Fitty. the mark. So they've, they've listened to me. You had a good work at, uh, word at them at halftime, yeah, a bit well, of a pep talk. Well, actually, you went to go to the toilet, and it's actually the umpire's room. Oh, and I said, now, oh, hey, fellas, yeah, 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 do you yeah, want to yeah. tidy this up at halftime? Uh, they said, of course, we'll take it on board. As here's the kick. They're always... The guy's direction, takes the mark. She's on the half-back flank position. They're always yep. open to feedback. Pete. Puts it on the right boot oh, over the top of the head of the centre wing. Gap there is Olsen. Olsen got her on the right boot out towards the centre half-back oh, position. Jackson was flying through the air, couldn't hang on to it. Big oh, that's on that. dangerous. And the umpire says, holding the football. Oh, whiz. And that is with McLeod. McLeod turns around and puts it high inside 50. Brown lurking nearby. Ball hit the ground. To go in there again, can't get it out. Watch, watches on, and the umpire circling about. So wasn't blowing the whistle. Pereira just got up, put boot to ball, dribbled along the ground. In goes Tamara Luke, wanted to feed out the hand pass, went over the top, got punched forward. Ball still oh, in the centre of the ground. Tamara Luke someone. again gets the hand pass out for Papadopoulos. Now trying to move it on, going through there is Rebecca Pierce. Had it momentarily, got dispossessed. Taylor went in there as well. She Uh-oh. couldn't extract the football. Ball is on the ground. Now got fired out to test Thomas. Thomas put it on the right boot. Wanted to go inside 50 with a kick, intercepted. Hawks with the football. Now put it into the path there of metres. Can she run onto it? She's going to be slow in this race though. Eagles with the opportunity now. If they can hang on to the football, that's Johnson. Bet the hand pass back oh, in board. Don't run was trying to look for a Pidico. And free kick to Luke. And the umpire's blown the whistle and says, Hawks football. Tomorrow Luke picks up. Nice to run on. And the umpire said, no, you have to go back behind the player on the mark she was and reset. The mark. Did she just get a free kick for shoulder tackling someone? No, no. The other girl reached out and grabbed her around the neck. Ooh. You're allowed to bump people. As long as you take duty of care, which is scaring them into running away. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's duty of care, isn't it? Grace Dillon, it's all about reputation. Grace Dillon took the mark, handed it inside to Gilda, who took off and bounced it, which he shouldn't have. Got away with it. Grabbed the 50. And it's going to land almost in the arms of Mackie. Now to the front of the pack, Drennan clears. Numbers remarkably here with the Eagles. A little fumble. 
Hands here from Whitford. Gets it forward. Numbers now with Box Hill on centre wing. Can they raffle it and work it out? Oh, beautiful t- play from Taylor. But then she did bit off a little more Ooh. than she could chew. And that's holding the football. Hawks it, player down oh, behind play. Give it, oh, that's another 50. Didn't give it back. Accidental didn't give it back. Mm-hmm. Nicole Garner, the resultant free kick. Accidentally on purpose. <laughs> for the Eagles and hits it out wide to Tess Thomas. Thomas now goes with a kick up towards the half-forward flank position. Good punch from behind. Sees the ball go over the boundary line out of bounds, courtesy of metres, and we'll have a throw in. On special comments, Nick Necropontis. Well, I think there's... Uh, I'm not sure who it is, but someone's someone's still down in, in the Hawks Sport 50. She uh, doesn't look like she can get to her feet. Is it Pereira? I'll keep my eye on it. Oh, yeah. very groggy. Yeah, Good. we'll... We'll keep an eye on that in just a moment's time as play goes on. Ball is thrown back in. Pack quickly forms and the umpire is going to call for a ball up between centre wing and half forward flank for the Eagles. Taking to the left of your radio dial. One point the difference. Cranbourne lead 22 to 21 over Box Hill. 16 minutes gone third term. In goes Kennedy on hands and knees. Tries to feed out the hand pass. Was trying to look there for Timmons. Timmons gets all wrapped up in the meantime. The umpire comes in and calls for yet another ball up. Is it Gilda? I think it was Gilda after a big long run. She's staying out there. Yeah, she's told the trainers to get lost. Yep, she was just a bit winded. Smell, smells a goal. Uh, then goes in Kennedy. Might be the old smelling salts. Just to wake him up as the ball hits the ground. Well, it's not a bad way to be. If you get injured inside your attacking 50 exactly. and then you yeah. get up, you say, well, they've run off me thinking I'm injured. Now I'll, uh, I'll win one back the other way. As the ball goes up in the air, hit the ground once more. Moody is watching on. Johnson wanted to get in there for the Eagles. Now going out to Brianne Moody, who uh, passed over to set it by Taylor, who had to try and feed it back oh, using yeah. McElvina. Hurried kick is going to be out of bounds on the full. And that is a Another free kick there. going the way of the Eagles as bodies hit the ground. And Grierson has the result. No, was going to take the kick. The umpire said no. It's a Kuniko who has it. So Kuniko, centre wing. Big three minutes, you feel, here. They could see why Kuniko didn't want to take the kick. And she's somehow managed to shank it. And it lands in the arms of, of Wilds, who takes off. And that's a better-looking ball. Long ball down there towards Romy Ooh. Timmons. Off the pack, Steph Brown. Head Numbers, though, with the Hawks. Umpire missed that one. Yule, handball to herself. Brown did the body work, tried to get the handball away off the deck. Johnson works it forward. Little handball comes through. Cara Moody claimed. Umpire says didn't have prior. Ball up. So 25 out, 20 to 35 out from attacking goal for the Eagles. They lead by a point big. Two and a half here, Pete, coming up. Still a one-goal lead to Darabin over St Kilda in the other game at Northcote as they kick by Taylor. Now goes towards the centre-half back position. Had to be oh, good. Oh, Flanagan. And Flanagan's away. She kicks it Great long kick. out towards the wing position. Two on one. Can the numbers work it oh, out? Oh, oh, no, no talk. No talk whatsoever. Oh, still but still, the kick from Pierce went straight to a Fox Hill opponent Dylan. at half-back flank. Dylan now goes up the line with the kick towards the half-forward flank position and guess what straight back to Pierce it's kick to kick footy oh, Pierce now finds the teammate there taking the mark I think it might be Johnson who's taking it she's on centre wing Middleborough Road side of the ground her side up by one point decides to come back in board with the kick had to be good was going to go now goes inside 50 with the football goes towards the one on one Taylor trying to hold front posse oh, had throw. the ball up got it out to good good's hand pass went into no man's land we're still 30 metres out from a defensive goal quick little hand pass towards Joelle Meters oh. Meters now goes towards the back pocket with Yule. a dangerous kick Yule is trying to uh, keep it alive for Box Hill but it's been turned over hand pass to Johnson Johnson flying shot at oh. goal Mark is it by Brown no, no umpire calls play on it the deck 
and all of a sudden it stacks and the bell will call for a ball up right on the edge of the goal square for the Eagles. One minute remaining in the third term. Cranbourne lead by a point. Three hanging off it. Almost took the mark and it wasn't a free kick but it was everything right on the edge. Ball tossed up. Big leap in the ruck. One wide there by Tanner. Now a little kick out by Kennedy. Oh, metres fell over. Now a quick one around the corner. That came from Whitford to the top of the goal square. And now a quick shoveled handball across to Moody. Flying shot at goal. Oh, that would have been Andy. Brianne Moody from the top of the goal oh. square. She had some time there. She just had a half an extra second that she didn't use. Just a minor score and only 40 seconds left. Can they go into end, Pete? Here's the kick towards the wing position. It's got to be good. And it's just a little bit too much on it. And Adam sees the ball over the boundary line and out of bounds. And that's where we'll have a throw-in between centre wing and half-forward flank for the Cranbourne Eagles. 20 seconds remaining in the quarter. Can one team rush it on and get a crucial goal before the three-quarter time break? Ball hit the ground. Watts wanted to go in there. Couldn't get onto it. Kudiko is there as well. Came out though quickly to Johnson who tried to take him on. Dropped it gold. Ball cries the crowd. Umpire won't buy into it. Celebrate working nearby. And the siren sounds. Three-quarter time here at Box Hill City Oval. And it's the Hawks 3-3-21 trailing Cranbourne 3-5-23. On special comments today, Nick Necropontis. And uh, Nick, we've been talking about the scoring and being towards the right uh, of screen or the scoreboard end here. Cranbourne will have it in the final turn. Yeah, they will. But I guess in that quarter, it was sort of more even. It was actually probably more going towards uh, the far side. Um because obviously there's no win, so the scoreboard and isn't... It's only really the scoring end. It's mythical. Yeah, exactly. It's a <laughs> psychological scoring end. Um, but yeah, it's an inter- it's interesting situation. There was not much that really happened in, in that quarter. You think if the first team that takes a risk, the first team that changes something up, might be the team to, to get the win. I'm interested in your thoughts, guys. Bianca Jacobson has done stuff no, all today. Zero, zero touches that quarter. Would you, would you move her up the ground? I think it's more just the tidiness of it. Yeah, maybe put her on the ball or I'm not sure. I know they tried to put Kenley in the ruck to try and change it up, but they, they put Kenley in the ruck, but they left their other ruck woman, Brianne Moody, on the ball. Yeah. Big, so the biggest, biggest midfielder I've ever seen. Uh, Mel wasn't, and, and, <laughs> and poor Emma Mackey kept looking up at her and trying to shove her and she wouldn't move. <laughs> this is ridiculous. But they they sort of, Graham, they controlled that, that quarter, but... They didn't really get their reward in the end, and that's that's the worry. That's the worry. They they seemed to for for most of probably after the first five minutes where they were caught napping and terrible, and Box Hill pretty much got their whole score. Cranbourne have controlled the entire game, but only kicked three goals five, three goals four. I'll let you two gentlemen head on down towards the respective coaches' huddles. Christy Williams, you've got the stats up until three quarter time. Yeah, they really started to gain the ascendancy, as you said there. Uh, Dan, in the last quarter there, they had six clearances actually to three. So they're, they're turning the tables there, Cranbourne. Certainly didn't allow any easy ball through. Um, Mackie obviously had been really impressed in that first half. She didn't, she didn't get a clearance, but that was really important for them. And uh, as uh, as well as the marks, they've had taken nine marks, Cranbourne, to only five for Box Hill. So clearly starting to get a little bit of control over it. I mean, obviously, I don't think it is a myth. It's just not the scoring end, but... I think the important thing, as you mentioned at half-time, is that they didn't let Box Hill... They had 10 inside 50s, Box Hill, uh, so they had they had their chances, 12 inside 50s there to Cranbourne. So Box Hill certainly had their, their chances to put put some points on the ball, but they're, they're probably... 
they've now got the advantage of kicking to that scoring end, whatever for whatever reason it's the scoring end. But certainly they they should be happy with a lot of uh, aspects of the play. They obviously they didn't take advantage of it with the score, but they should be very happy with a lot of aspects of their play there, Cranbourne. I would have thought. Around the grounds at Bill Laurie Oval, um, I can tell you that at the 12-minute mark of the third term, scores were level when Jasmine Garner kicked a goal. But four minutes later, Darcy Vessio got her second of the day to put it back out to a goal, the difference. And at three-quarter time, Darabin 3-3-21 leads St Kilda 2-3-15. Two close games today, and that is the uh, video stream game on vfl.com.au, and you can watch it back uh, later on. But here... At three-quarter time, it's that close one. It's just two points the difference. Cranbourne, 3-5-23, leading Box Hill, 3-3-21. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world, and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. The symptoms of ovarian cancer sound like part of every woman's life. Abdominal bloating, abdominal or back pain, appetite loss, changes in toilet habits, unexplained weight gain or loss, indigestion or heartburn, and fatigue. But if these symptoms are unusual for you and they persist, please see your doctor. For more information, visit the Ovarian Cancer Program website at nbocc.org.au. One of them is where I shake my head to get my hair out of my eyes. There's another one where I sort of do like a little squeaking in my throat. Tourette's syndrome is a neurological disorder that affects thousands of Australians. It is characterised by involuntary movements and vocal noises called tics. We can't help it and we're just like you in every other way. Visit Tourette.org.au. Oh, hi, I'm Maria from Sesame Street. And Elma's Elma. And we're here to talk about driveways. Driveways can be dangerous for children. Or little red monsters. So it's important for parents to always watch their children around them. Yeah, driveways are for cars, not for play. That's right, Elmo. Play only in safe places away from driveways because people in cars may not see you. Oh, Elmo sees you, Maria. Tag, you're in. Oh, here I come, Elmo. <laughs> Remember, driveways are like roads. Always supervise, separate, and see. Learn more at kidsafevic.com.au. Dave Lester tells you why. The will to do it and the bravery to do it. Warren Huntley tells you how. He just looked to be squeezing through gaps that weren't even there at some stage. Australia's most respected form analyst and the consummate track man. Together, wrapping up Saturday's racing every Sunday morning on Correct Way. From 8am, it's the full racing review. Then, from 9.30, Brad Baker leads the Sunday racing preview. It is a beautiful morning and we'll be racing on a good track. Correct Way is your full Sunday briefing. Sunday mornings from 8 on our RSN 927. Thanks to Tab. We love a bit. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids. And the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport with Without interference. Google Play by the Rules to find out more. Live across the web. This is the girlsplayfooty.com. Match of the day. 
here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. And don't forget the Breakfast Club with Daniel Harford, Adam White and the rest of the team on RSN 927. That is weekday mornings from 6am through to 8.30am for all your sporting news and all those great AFL interviews as they uh, recap what's happening in the world of footy and, of course, the world of racing as well. Uh, mind you, we are here at Box Hill City Oval at three-quarter time. Box Hill 3-3-21, Trail Cranbourne 3-5-23. Box Hill will be kicking to the left of your dial, to the right of your dial. The scoreboard end will be Cranbourne for this final term. Nick Necropodis, you were down in the huddles. Yeah, I was with uh, the Cranbourne guys. They don't seem to be wanting to move Jacobson. They want to isolate her inside 50. They seem very keen on creating as much space in there as possible. And to Daniel Hill. Yeah, they're, they're up and about this week, uh, Box Hill. A little different to last week. It wasn't uh, win, lose or draw, we don't care. It's let's go ahead and get it done. <laughs> Umpire holds the ball off to a way away for the final turn. Watts beats out. Kennedy in this occasion. Ball hit the ground. Watts goes in one more time. Trying to put a hurry. Boot the ball and squeeze it forward. It was Brian Moody at centre half back. Trying to get a hand pass while under pressure. Watts now off the side of the boot. It was creative. It was ambitious. Went towards the half back flank though. Plenty oh, of uh, eagles there. Almost a throw. They're screaming at the umpire. Forward. He's ignored it. Big kick after being dumped. Grierson goes out towards the wing position. Mark taken. Center wing. Broadcast side. Now spears it forward towards the half forward flank position. Getting pushed underneath it was Jacobson. The umpire missed the fall. Hit the ground. In goes Whitford. She's dropped it cold. Umpire's thrown away the whistle. In goes Papadopoulos. Got the hand pass back to Salafia. Salafia on the right boot. Going towards the center wing position. Went through hands. Kais was there as well. Wants to try and rip it out. Kais goes in one more time. Gardo in there for the Eagles. Ball got stripped out of the pack. Garner got dumped. In goes Papadopoulos. Got one in the back. In goes Wiles at the side of the boot. Mark taken 49 metres out from goal. Holding it up and just spinning around there is Whitford, whose kick is uh, almost hits the target. No in the back against Taylor. Hurried kick. And on this occasion, managing to find the player there in Costello, who gave it off. Then went up looking for Papadopoulos, close towards the boundary line. It gets seen over. 55 out from the Cranbourne goal. They lead by two points. Shaley Taylor's wearing Jacobson like a glove. Probably probably should have given away a free kick there. Or I mean, should have been awarded. <laughs> should have. Uh, hey, it. if you hang off him and but you get away with it, hang off him again. But she didn't. She didn't put any mayo on it. That's why she. That's why you said it's a skill. She it didn't is. use it. Absolutely, it's a skill. <laughs> now the Hawks at halfback. McIlvina goes very, very long and very wide, but the Cranbourne defence holds up, and they'll look to bring the ball back through oh, the centre of the ground. No, no, no. Trying to run around Gilda. Did so. Wide ball. Not a great ball. Lovely touch from it to that one. It was. Uh, was it, it wasn't Grierson back there, was it? Might have been. She has been down there a little bit today. Or was it Esther Timmermans? I think it might. No, it is Grierson back there. Geez, we haven't seen much of that from her today, but she's probably her first mistake. Thrown back in. It's a long, deep throw in. It gets over the back of the pack, which will favour Cranbourne. Wilds gets the handball away. Oof. Trying to spin out oh, of trouble down hurt. there is Kennedy. Umpire waves play on. There might have been a sling tackle yeah, after she, it. She, her head hit the turf pretty hard there. And that was. Oof. I think, was it? I'm trying to see. Kennedy, it was, is think, it Cunico? Yeah. Is it Kennedy? Kennedy yeah. without the bow. No, 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 it's Cunico. It is Cunico. Yeah. Very, very similar. In goes Minus the ball. The neon pink bow. Yeah, yeah. Look for the bow. <laughs> in goes Kennedy. He brought the ball to ground on this occasion. Kai's watches on over the top of the pack there. Whitford umpire calls for the ball back. Is, is it just me or has Kennedy retied the bow at three quarters? I think time? she has. It's, I it's sticking up very that prominently, is, isn't it? That, yeah. is, yeah. that is arrogance. Looking, <laughs> looking, looking for the bow. Says Kennedy hit the ball at the ground. Trying to go in there one more time was McLeod. Trying to kick it forward. Dribbled about 20 metres, but then got picked up, if you don't mind, by Van Dyke. Van Ooh. Dyke got it a good. Dangerous kick across the face. Going after it is Taylor. She's going to lose out in the foot race, you think, on this 
occasion versus Garner going with her. She managed to get there. Taylor held the ball up, but the numbers right, were there with up. Cranburn. Hurry kick now, going to be inside 50 from 55 out. They pulled the kick, looking for Brown! One bike couldn't hang on to it. Ball got out the back. Pesky's there as well, manages to hold it up. McLeod is lurking nearby. She can't pick it up. Hurry soccer off the ground, if you don't mind, by Timmons. Goes across the face of goal, out of bounds next to the right-hand point post. Two points in it. Two points in it. Three and a half minutes gone. Final term. Cranbourne 3-5-23. Box Hill 3-3-21. They are living dangerously, the Hawks. Teetering at the moment as it's tossed in deep in their left back pocket. It's one over the back and to the open side, but sliding in, cutting, couldn't come up with it. Now a quick one off the deck. Came out from Tatum. Way to the left-hand side. Could have almost been trapped on the line. And Sharkton kicked around the corner Good from Jacobson, Jacobson, though, to... One out in the square to take her opponent back there to the square. But only a minor score. And now the quick kick out. Well done. It'll be a free oh, kick. Oh, come on. Free kick, which was a little <laughs> on the soft side to Shaley Taylor. There you go. Who plays on quickly, and she's had a petrol ticket, Shaley Taylor, because she didn't have any legs on that kick, and it dropped short. For someone who can normally roost at 45 or 50 metres, she's turned it over. Cranbourne looked to come back inside 50. Oh. Numbers over the back for Box Hill. Can they clear? Kick wide is a good one out towards Dylan, but McElvina just comes in nicely for the Hawks instead and takes oh. the mark. Quick handball was a bit risky. Oh, turned over. Oh, now an inside handball from Alicia Johnson. Oh. Umpire says no. Nope, didn't get a fist to it. Free kick to Box Hill. Certainly thought she got a handball in there first. He was in pretty good position down there, though, Christy. Looking this. right at it. Do love the teal boots, though. Pesky now with the football. Goes in the Tamara Luke direction. Had hands up. Waiting at the back, though, and taking the mark. Very impressive there, Olivia Flanagan. They so do look similar, those two. At half-back flank, Flanagan decides to spear the kick. Does well. Finds Grace Dillon. Dillon gives off the hand pass. Back to Flanagan. Flanagan goes to run at centre wing. Now comes back right. in forward with the oh, kick. Oh, Great oh. sight. They've got Matthew someone out on the other side. Papadopoulos. Emily Gilder. Gilder on the left boot. Going long and high. Inside 50 oh. with the kick. Good mark. Backing back underneath there for the Eagles. Oh, that's, that's just a bad kick. And that was good, actually, on the wing over there that it had no opponent. And that was Rebecca Pierce who took it, and then Pierce decided to kick it away. Hurried down kick over to Leah Olsen. Leah Olsen went across to the halfback flank position. Screaming for it there is Cara Moody. Goes in the general direction. Tanner got the fist in. Oh. The free to the other move. You got one, but you can't cover the other. Now goes towards the centre halfback for forward position. Now centre halfback as Pesky runs off the line. Then she goes Great very kick. sideways with the kick and managing to find her teammate there. And I think that's good. That's got the football. She's on the middle of the road working. side of the ground. Kai's is working very hard out wide here. Van Dyke gets the handball at the back, decides to touch it on the ground, kicks out in the Kai's direction yeah. over her head towards Salafia, and it just pitches inside and goes over the line out of play. You can feel it starting to break up now. Mm. The game's opening right up. Yeah, both. five marks apiece at the moment. Both sides haven't really had that in the other quarters at all. Both sides very tired. Three-point lead to Cranbourne. It's going to be a war of attrition as it's tossed back in. It's a very, very short throw-in. In fact, it probably should have been recalled. Oh, it's gone back out anyway. It's gone back out anyway, so <laughs> it fulfills its own prophecy there. Six and a half gone. Final term, round the grounds, Pete. The game's opened up at Northcote. Darabin, 5-3-33. Leaks and killed a 2-5-17. So it's tossed back in. This is a better throw-in on this occasion. One to the front by Tanner. And again, Box Hill. Oh, interesting-looking bounce over there from Gilda. Didn't come back to her. They've tried that a couple of times, Box Hill. The ball doesn't bounce. Umpire says... It bounces right in the middle of that cricket pitch there, but probably nowhere else. The only place <laughs> from that 
ensuing stoppage. Oh, that's oh, 50. That is Tatum got the free kick. Well, really, the ball was lying on the ground in front of her, and the umpire said, pick it up and throw it back to her. She, she didn't have she to. She doesn't have to, to. Yeah. but the umpire told her to. Oh, oh, that's that the umpire's really, fault. Really poor, though. I mean, if you... If, you know. Still got to pick it up yeah, and throw it back. Yeah, pick it up and throw it back. But don't yeah, pick it up, but the umpire told her to pick yeah, it up. Yeah, really And now it's a long, Really undisciplined. I think the umpire pointed the wrong way initially, too, again. They always do. They don't have any clue, umpires. So... Kick at goal for the Hawks is away to the right, minor score. So they closed the gap to two points. What price the draw? I think that was tipped at about 10.01 this morning, wasn't it? When I was listening to the pregame, saying both sides didn't have a win and what price the draw? <laughs> and it could be on, but it's two points the difference. Grant Burns way. Ball is now at the halfback flank for the Eagles. Holding it up there is Garner. And the umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. Right about the coaches' boxes, which they use during the VFL men's as... Umpire takes the ball back and throws it up in the air. Half forward for Box Hill. Going up there, Tanner lost out to Kennedy. Going through his Kai. Slammed it on the left. Dribbled forward. Intercepted, though. Taking back by Emily Wallace. Close the boundary line and out of bounds on the full. Free kick going the way of Pip Pesky. Pesky with the football for the Hawks. She's about 70 metres out from home. Decides to swing around on the right. Goes long. Big pack flies. Ball hit the ground. That was Brianne Moody that waited out the oh! back. Pass her teammate under all kind of pressure. Kuniko managed to find her teammate though. Uh, 35 metres out from defensive goal. Then goes for a dangerous week. Tamara Luke makes the most of the contest. Luke kicks the ball on the ground. She's got two to beat here. Trying to hold it up. Bending over to pick it up there is cutting under pressure. Pack jumps on her and the umpire just comes in and says no pro opportunity. We'll call for a ball up in front of the cricket nets. On special comments, Nick Nicrapontas. Lucky they, they kept that in there, Kramer. And the Hawks had a couple of players. Just a little hack kick out would have gone straight to them. Tanner and Kennedy. Kennedy <laughs> won the ruck contest. It was a big leap. You would have heard from Christy Williams. They collided <laughs> in the ruck. The ball's come outside defensive 50, but again... The Eagles under pressure here from Papadopoulos for the Hawks. Bombs it back in. Will it carry the pack? Does Tamara Luke the hands up? Umpire says, I'll pay that. Oh. Ooh, <laughs> something, all right. And deep right forward pocket. Tamara Luke can kick the footy a long way. And she will fancy herself from here, you would suspect. Oh, no, now she looks a little undecided and goes the little half pass, which was not really a pass. Draws on. <laughs> Instead, it uh, just goes through for a minor score. It was an in-between kick. And the margin closed to one point. It's 3-5, plays 3-6. We've played 10 minutes, final term. Starting to heat up in this last term, Holden. And this is you, this is your sort of stage, I reckon. Thank you very much. Right here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Salafia got spoiled from behind. Ball hit the ground. Oh. Waiting to go in there dangerous. was Timmons. The umpires blowed the whistle and said that'll be a free kick. Contact below the knees. Definitely dangerous. And uh, that will go back the way of the Eagles. I think it's Timmons with the football halfback flank. Worst part is side. when your head hits their shins and it's against you. <laughs> uh, and here's the kick. Has to go up the line. Was good and found Whitford. Holly Whitford now with the football ball. Holds the ball above her head. If she's saying waste time, you've still got ten minutes to go just quietly. No, she and does that every the, time. She must be related to Daryl White. And goes to Moody with the kick. <laughs> and now comes back Ooh. looking for Whitford. Oh, close towards the boundary line. And now oh, she's, she's having a little bit of a hobble. Home. And now it goes shorter again with the kick. I think Olsen now with the football. Now just looking around for some options. McElveena dancing around on the mark. She's cramped in the calf. Kicks looking for Kennedy. Salafia got hands in there, but Kennedy pickpocketed away from her. She got caught by Mackie, and the umpire says, you are G-O-N-E gone. Nine minutes remaining in the match. Box Hill trail by a point, and they have the football between centre wing and half-forward flank. 
now with the pill and uh, looking as Mackey to give up the hand pass. Wasn't quite ready for it. Van Dyke nearly ran into trouble. Then kicked it inside 50. Ball hit the ground. Trying to pick it up. Olsen under pressure. Gave up the little right. hand pass. Now dribbled it up the line. Only to be intercepted by Papadopoulos oh, who got swung around the and the umpire says it's holding the ball. Really good tackle. It's a free kick going the way of the Eagles. They've got an overlap here, Cameron. Earlier on, go. The extra number is... Is oh, Wallace. It's a terrible kick. It's not a great kick, oh, and it's managed to stay in play. No. They've mucked it up. Chance here for Chantella Pereira. Oh, no. Ducked one, two, three. Now kicks on the right up towards half forward, just inside the line, and it'll go over the line out of bounds. Something I failed to mention from the three-quarter time address from Patrick Hill. He said, I don't give a stuff if you get run down. Take them on. That was one of the key messages. So he doesn't give a stuff about winning or losing or getting run down. Good to know. <laughs> taking a risk. <laughs> taking a risk. And that's you can see in the last two minutes they're starting to do exactly that. Pete? As the hurry kick out of the pack by Johnson. Uh, went towards their own centre-half back position. Getting bowled over as Rosie Dillon who tried to put it in the hot spot. 30 metres out from goal. Foot race is going to be on here. Mikkelvina picks it up. Goes for a snap around the corner. A mark on the last line. Moody was there to save the day. It goes for a hurry kick. Close towards the boundary line. Kept in by Mackey. Went the hand pass to Kais who put it on the left. Dribbling football. The Eagles defence is just holding up. I don't know how they're doing it. They're under besiege at the moment. Baschke is lurking nearby for the Hawks. Can't get in there. In goes Timmons, who holds up oh, Pesky on that situation. Oh, Here comes Tamara Luke, who put boot to ball. Wanted to go inside 50, but it's the Eagles here, and they go long. Here comes Brown flying for the football. Couldn't hang on to it. Ball hit the deck. Trying to get in there is Tanner. She can't extract it. It stacks in the middle. Oh. The umpire calls for a ball up center wing. We've gone 13 minutes in the final quarter. 3-6-24, Cram. 3-5-23 Box Hill. You can tell both sides haven't won a game. <laughs> they just don't know how to win at this point. The ball comes out of the stoppage from Mackey. Tumbles it forward. Inside attacking 50. Going back with a the flight there is Naomi Fullwood. Haven't called her name a lot today. She did enough here. Kicked it out very, very wide. In search of the boundary line. You can't get much wider. Grace Dillon tracks it. They've got a three-on-one over there. If they can force it inside, they can't. I think Grace was actually pretty happy with the line, in all honesty. Back to 10 points, the difference at Bill Laurie Oval. 33-23, Darren Leeds and Kilda. How long we got left, Pete? Same game. Same game, same time. Beautiful. We toss back in. Out of side. Box Hill trial by a point. We've got a free kick plucked out. Is this the... So it's against the Ruck woman. No, no, no. She nominated. She closed the one-metre gap. Ah. Free kick kick to Tanner. It's the rule. Come on. Uh, I used to pull them closer to me. Well, I don't tend to pay much attention to the rules usually on buyers, though, do they? Tanner with the ball, decides to go <laughs> short with the kick, has to be good looking for Luke, who takes the mark, pulling over. Tamara Luke gets up, board of centre wing, out of side. Got There's numbers in the middle. Team down by a point, has to go inside 50 with the kick, looking for it as Ooh. Mackey went up and then dropped the pill. Ball hit the ground, pack She's forms around her, it. and the umpire says, Fair you've enough. dived on it, free kick going the way of the Eagles. One point lead to Cranburn, five and a half minutes remaining in the match. Goes long up the line, right taking right. the mark there is uh, Kirsten McLeod. Already got one goal today. McLeod has to go with the uh, spearing pass. Her teammate had it, then dropped it like a hot spud. I think it's Jackson who has to go back in, gets the pill. Now on the right boot, decides to come back in board. Taking the mark, Rebecca Pierce. Pierce in the centre of the ground, says wagons ho, let's go forward. She does, goes long, heading in the Kara Moody direction. Moody picked it up off the ground. 
down while being tackled. Oh. Fed the little hand pass out the top. Slapped it forward looking to gain metres. It dribbles 30 metres and then goes oh. over the boundary line and out of bounds. Fourth for pocket for the Cranbourne Eagles. They're up by a point. Five minutes left on special comments. Nick Necropontis. That's as good as anything Cranbourne could have hoped for. A stoppage right in there. Massive stoppage. Five Massive minutes to play. stoppage. So the ball will be tossed back in, left forward pocket. The Eagles in attack, as you just heard moments ago. Tamara Luke's moved into the ruck. That's also one I probably kept under my hat. Oh, I won. It's yep. going to go to Drennan. Yeah, it was there. It was definitely there. It was one of those ones that was across the back of the neck. She was trying to shrug the tackle. And she'll have the free kick, 35 out. Free kick. 45-ish degree angle. And I thought the umpire almost gave 50, but you just wanted to move Drennan around onto the correct line. So, Drennan, in she comes. Looks like it might be short. Is to the line. Oh, front of the pack. A chance here for McLeod. Oh, and she's kicked go. it. Big goal. Game over. Big goal. So, McLeod, from the front of the pack, everyone else pretty much stuck on the goal line, it felt like. She was the only one at the front. Picks it up. Brilliant. Had to go around one and then Moody kicks the goal. Was, Moody was also free in front of the pack, too. It's not great defence. Unfortunately for, for Box Hill, and we talked about they're having a pretty good structure in their mind, but that's a kind of footy 101, really. You it's, can't... Always, it's always the hardest to keep your structure in the last five minutes. And uh, she's been great. She looks so dangerous, McLeod, every time she's uh, gone near the ball today. Seven-point lead to the Eagles. 4-6-30 to 3-5-23, and it's a nine-point lead to Darabin over St Kilda at Northgate mm-hmm. as umpire pulls out a free kick. It's going the way of Kai's. Melissa Keisler football's looking sideways when you've got to go long and straight in this situation when you've got uh, three and a bit minutes remaining. Gets on the left boot, has to try and find a mark in the pack. Putting the hands up there was uh, Taylor, couldn't quite bring it in. Umpire circling and says uh, Pax Bourne will call for a ball up to Mara Luke being tackled there by uh, the player in Binder. So we'll go one more time. 45 metres out from the Box Hill goal. They do need a goal and they need it right now. Oh. Trying to bust the way through there was Rosie Dillon. Her kick was smothered. The Cranbourne player almost threw the football out as Grace Dillon lays on the tackle and the umpire calls for another ball up. We are now 25 metres out from the Box Hill goal. Under three minutes remaining in this game. Cranbourne lead by seven points. Trying to look for good to try and slap it forward. She couldn't quite pick it up. Going in there is Taylor. She is caught by two players, <laughs> including Johnson and Drennan, going nowhere. That's, some, in tracks. that's some kind of dual wrestling move, that one. <laughs> we don't want to be in that sandwich. Some kind of suplex. <laughs> Ball tossed up at half forward. Shoveled out the back. And thrown out by Van Dyke. Now good. Smothered. Back into the pack. Trying to clear it out. There is Thomas for the Eagles. And it lands in between the two Ruckwomen. And they say, well, <laughs> we'd rather give it to you up and throw it up and let us sort it out with a bit of leaping. They couldn't. Watts. No one really decisively there is good. Comes through again. She's had plenty of it today. Now she lays on the tackle. And again, it'll be thrown up. So with only two minutes remaining, you really sense that Cranbourne have, have got this one well and truly in the bag if they can just clear the ball out of their defensive 50 in this stoppage. It does come in that relative direction as Brown, who's moved a long way up the ground, gets the handball clear, and now she'll probably get it back. In fact, it was Romy Timmons up there. Now the ball comes up towards half forward, and the overlap is on here for the Eagles. Can they shut this one off? Jacobson, little handball over the top, maybe. Thought about it. Oh. Wheeled around. Now does get the handball away. Little fumble there from Whitford back to Jacobson. Oh, she's wheeling and dealing and gone. 
Umpire says holding the footy, free kick to the Hawks, left half back. That sums up her day, really, doesn't it? Yeah, she's had a stinker. Just over a minute remaining. Rabbit lead by seven points, trying to put the hand in there as McLeod, who affected the spoil, went down to Tatum. Tatum now goes inside 50 with the kick, looking for rain, and a mark is taken. And it's taken by Alison Drennan. That'll be the ball game. Take your time. Box Hill can't win it from here with a minute to go and no time on. And the pass. So just to center it and guess who? Brian Moody. Why wouldn't you pass? Plucked she, it out she, didn't even, she literally t- jumped about a centimetre off the ground just put her hands in the air. <laughs> like you near her. She did just raise the knee and ease her opponent a little under the ball, legally. Brianne Moody from oh, 30 great. metres great. out. Puts it through. She's all over. 30 seconds remaining here at Box Hill City Oval. And uh, that now extends it out to an 11-point lead the way of... Uh, pardon me, 11-13-point lead, pardon me, the way of Cranbourne. The score, 5-6-36 to 3-5-23. Just a really... That's, so that's what happens when they could chain some possessions together. Looks so dangerous. They just haven't been able to do that for most of the day. But uh, what a great mark! And that'll do it. I don't think the umpire really should bother throwing this up. He's going to do it anyway. Why not a little bit of practice? Kennedy wins up and she gets another dream team point. Gets another dream team point for a hit out. And the Cranbourne girls are very, very happy with that. Their first win of the season, five six thirty six. They've defeated the Box Hill Hawks three five twenty three. People get the goal kickers, and then we'll go to our super special commentators for the day, and they can. Sum it up for us. Well, we've got here for the Box Hill Hawks, there were singles to McElvina, Nixon and Gilda. For the Cranbourne Eagles, two to McLeod, singles to Brown, Brianne Moody and Nicole Garner. And, uh, of course, uh, Nick will, uh, when they start to come off the ground, grab the theme song and then hopefully after they sing the theme song, maybe the player of the day can come around and have a chat with us. And therefore, I'm going to dump Dan Hill in the hot seat today. Who is our player of the day in the $50 Rebel Sport voucher? I think Brianne Moody. Yep. I, I, I think there was that many stoppages today, and I, I 15, think she, 15 touches, one goal to Moody. I think McLeod's very, very unlucky. Yep, Bridie Kennedy, I thought it was um, really good when she she made a huge difference when she was moved into the the ruck when she was really important when it really mattered. I guess in that Premiership quarter, she was also very good. Yeah, definitely honourable mentions, but I, I just think Brianne Moody, in terms of even when I reckon off there, well they had 11 shots at goal, and I reckon she was responsible for probably eight of them. Yeah. And then she did it the other end of the ground too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So when under pressure, she just stood, stood cool, calm, Literally, and collected on the, la- on the last line of defence, didn't panic, and managed to uh, stop several box or four A's because at one point the difference, just a point, would have tied it up, and um, yeah, would not concede ground whatsoever. So congratulations to Brianne Moody being our player of the day. The Cranbourne Eagles get uh, their four premiership points. You've got to say for the Vauxhall Hawks, disappointing. They kicked, what, 3-1 in the first quarter and then they've kicked four behinds after that. Yeah, and it was all really in the first five or ten minutes. And, yeah, yeah. and that was the thing. I mean, the reason I was always hanging on to hope for them is because we saw how they, they managed to, to slot quick goals against St Kilda last week, but they just never had the ball inside their attacking zone all as much three, as they did la- last week. All three of the goals came from centre clearances too, though. They, mm. they got the ball out the middle, got it straight down and kicked the goal while the uh, defence was napping. They yeah. didn't. They weren't able to score from any other play. And credit to Cranbourne as well. I mean, they, in terms of the way they got those goals, in, they, they shut down the centre clearance game pretty much from second quarter onwards after a, a good word from the coach at quarter time and... They, they were just... I thought Box Hill might run over the top a little bit, but quite clearly Cranbourne had the had the legs to go with him in the end. We saw a little bit of cramping late in the game. It is a big ground out here at Box Hill. 
but uh, even a couple of times they tried to switch the play box till they were running out of legs. They thought they had the legs, but maybe uh, maybe not so much. Both these sides, though, pretty evenly matched. I mean, I'm sure if uh, if they were to meet again this season, it'd be it'd be as as tight and as fair as it was today. But well, well done to Cranbourne. You could see halfway through that last quarter that. Both sides hadn't won a game, as I mentioned in the call. Um, but Cranbourne in the end, classy. They just had those those top top six that probably kept them out of trouble, got them out of jail, and uh, and deserved the win. You can see the Cranbourne girls very happy as they're about to come up the race and uh, sing the song. Nick will be in there, then hopefully get uh, Brianne Moody afterwards. Final score from Bill Laurie Oval. Darabin 5-3-33, defeated St Kilda 3-7-25. Eight points in the end. Vessio kicking three goals. Also a goal to Brennan and O'Day. And for St Kilda, Wanda Benici, two to Jasmine Garner. So uh, that uh, wraps up the result there. And obviously we'll discuss all those other games in our post-match wrap. It is five minutes to one on air to 1.30 here on uh, girlsplayfooty.com's Match of the Day on RSN Carnival. The Granburn Eagles celebrating their first win of season 2017 in the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition. We'll do all our stats and everything in detail in uh, just a moment's time after we do get the song. A reminder that at 2 o'clock today, it is Seaford hosting the VU Western Spurs, Melbourne Uni hosting the Eastern Devils, and first versus second at Plenty War Memorial Park, Diamond Creek hosting Geelong. We can hear the girls in the rooms right now celebrating. Here is the Cranbourne Eagles about to celebrate and sing their song. There you are, the Cranbourne Eagles singing the song in the rooms afterwards. They were winners today, 5-6-36 over the Box Hill Hawks, 3-5-23 in front of a crowd. It probably got out to about 250-300 in the end. Quite a few late stragglers coming into the ground to uh, watch some VFL women's football here at Box Hill City Over, which is uh, fantastic to see. And compliments again, they had the coffee van out today. They listened to us about oh, the What's the coffee van, mate? Oh, it's a coffee motorbike bike. with a little uh, sidecar Even in there. Even more hipster and really <laughs> in tune with the Box Hill culture. <laughs> really in tune. They're trying, to, they're trying to attract the Fitzroy crowd, are they? Um, that they, is... would, they wouldn't go to Ringwood, I'll give you the hot tip. No. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, Couldn't resist. But, <laughs> while, we, while we wait for uh, Brianne Moody to arrive, how about we get some stats with the stats guru herself and Christy Williams? Yeah, no, she was very good. 16 touches, as I said earlier, and uh, one goal. Um, she, but the, I think the thing is as well with those touches and, and you know, hit outs and things like that, she does it very well as well. She's very clean, very clean with her tap work, her hands, her, her nice long kick that doesn't usually shake too often. So she was she was incredible today. And looking at her possession map, she's all all over the ground doing it at both ends, um, especially with the game on the line. That mark uh, that she took in the back square, I think maybe halfway through the quarter, that was massive. That if they scored their box hill, that could have turned the turned the game on its head and. She was just perfect in the last line of defence there. But uh, Bridie Kennedy, as I mentioned, also pretty good in the ruck. She had 11 touches in the end, but had a number of nice hit-outs and some good tackling. Jacobson, as we said, she 
she had a, had a little bit of it in the first half, but uh, one touch in the second half, which is, I mean, she was being well tagged, but you've got to find a way to, to work through that. Um, so she was super disappointing today, and as we mentioned the last time, when she did get her hands on the ball, she didn't d- do anything with it, yeah, to, it was to be honest. Even that one at the end probably summed up her day. Yep. She was two on six, and in the end, probably over-possessed the ball. Yep. And, uh, too much thinking going on. <laughs> too much thinking going on, and then holding the ball, and you just throw your hands up in the air and say, oh, we'll come back next week. But I, I think in terms of the forward pressure stuff, though, I think she she led them pretty well oh, oh, so, in terms yeah, of keeping she's it She's always going to be that kind of... She's, but um, not, good not necessarily ball in hand today for No, but Melissa Kyes on the on the other hand had had plenty of it. She had eighteen touches today and as I said with Brian Moody usually very clean with her possession as well. She's got a lovely not a long kick, but she's got a nice accurate little left as Melissa Kyes and she was pretty good and as always really good in the in the clinches. So was Emma Emma Mackey would, what, have, what was, would have had a number of clearances. What was percentage wise, how many of Kyes eighteen were, were forward half versus back half? <laughs> Well, I could. I suppose I could look you at the, look the at map. That. Let me have a look. Well, most of it actually is bang on in the centre of the ground, really. Yeah, I reckon when she plays her best game, I reckon she's getting seventy percent forward yeah. of centre. So I reckon most, yeah, most of it. I'd say around about centre bang on. But yeah, I mean she does play forward in the AFL women's, um, and she's reasonably dangerous. But yeah, I think they'd certainly love two of her, one up forward and right. one one through the middle. But in terms of the the inside fifty count, Cranbourne had it by ten. They had 35 inside 50s to 25, but where it probably mattered was the 32 marks Cranbourne took to, to 22 for Box Hill, and that's probably what told in the end that they did manage to, once Box Hill, you could tell they were pretty tired, some of them were out on their feet, and they they really were able to control it in the last little bit, so that 32 marks to 22, I think, was probably one of the deciding factors in the game. Brianne took a number of... And Cara actually took a number of very good marks. Just a little bit of mind games. Are Cranbourne rubbing the salt into the wounds for Box Hill? They're singing the theme song again. They've obviously forgotten someone or someone yeah. was in the toilet or something and they said, <laughs> oh, well, we better do it again. And it, look, if it's your first win of the season, why not? Yeah, I don't mind rubbing a bit of salt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm, I'm well, used to I... singing it a few times when they've won the grand final and you want to sing it as much as you can, but it's like, oh, right, you happy with the first win? You want to sing it again? Well, I'm certainly a Box Hill. Uh, we usually, uh, depending on who we're playing, if it's uh, Melbourne, we certainly bang on the uh, the door of the other. Uh, wait until they're all in there, make sure they're in there, and start banging on the side of the door and make sure they hear it. Uh, certainly a little uh, tactical tool there here at Box Hill, but uh, very good win, I think, from Kramer. I think they'll be super happy with not just the win, but the way that they did it. They certainly were in patches of the game, didn't have the momentum, but they kept fighting, which is... Um, it's a good trait, and it's something that both them and Seaford, even when they get beaten, they do make you earn it, I think. As we see uh, the Salafia there, just on the Marinella Salafia, just uh, got her own cheer squad, her own banner there as well. Not sure about the pink cardboard, but uh, <laughs> it's an interesting Su- sight. Su- superstar, <laughs> own cheer squad down there. She Absolutely. was good today, actually. Yeah, and, and has been over the two games that we've seen uh, here at uh, Box Hill City Oval. Uh, just a quick reminder as well, while we wait for uh, Brian Moody to uh, arrive, is that uh, we're not on, obviously, next week. Uh, the VFLW, along with another of uh, community leagues throughout the state, all having the vibe for the Queen's birthday long weekend. But, of course, uh, we will return... Uh, the weekend after, and that uh, being respectively the 17th and 18th of June. On Saturday the 17th of June, we'll be on air at 2.30pm from Hamilton, Western Victoria, to bring you the Pride game between Melbourne Uni and Darabin. 
Yeah, they're in Hamilton this year. So where were they last year? They were in Wodonga? No, two years ago, they were, uh, it was Darabin Eastern Devils up at Wangaratta. Wang, that's right. So uh, they're taking the game to Hamilton. We will be there. We're doing a, I'll tell you what, a road Pete, trip. One of the better grounds in... Uh, Melville in Oval. Oh, just... I'll tell you what, when you hit it, they, they play cricket on that ground, I believe, and and um, and it's lightning. It is, it's, it looks like carpet. It's a beautiful ground. Much like Box Hill. <laughs> it is a great ground here at Box Hill, and I, and I say again, God, play the final here for God's sake. Yep. Stop yep. playing them at Coburg. It's garbage. We want to. I mean, we want to showcase the best of women's going football. For it too. I mean, the train station is just there. There's plenty of right. facilities to yeah. cope with to cope with the crowd. It's, yeah. it's, no one in the yeah. east catches the train, the, so yeah, you know, there's plenty the, of capacity <laughs> there. The, 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 there's a real possibility that um, because of now that the VFL women's finals now line up with the VFL men's in terms of weeks, that they'll be part of double headers. You would suggest Which would be good. for the VFL men's. So, Which would be very good. So you'd be expecting Northport Oval might have all of. Uh, uh, the finals up until the Etihad Stadium. Yeah, I re- too, too, too much traffic. I reckon. I reckon they'll have to. <laughs> they'll have to have a couple of standalones, and yeah, I that, think that, they should. I think they should. And I actually don't mind the back-to-back either, because when you get then you get to watch each other. Well, the, I reckon the, that's good. Well, the thing is, if, if Box Hill, which are going very well in the VFL Mets at the moment, do finish first or second, uh, Box Hill would host a final here. So again, there could be at least one of the finals here. Again, depending on uh, tra- as you said, traffic and and what grounds are being used for the VFL Men's Finals. Uh, and then, of course, as I said, we'll be back on air uh, Saturday, June. 17, 2.30pm for that game, Albany New Darabin. And then we'll be back on air on Sunday, June 18th uh, from 1pm to bring you the VU Western Spurs and Geelong Cats. Mm, interesting. At, at Footscray. At Footscray. Interesting game, that one. Yeah, now, we'll, we'll get, that'll, be, that'll sum up where both sides are, really. How many make in the finals? Four. So can we expand it? Can we do a bit of a mid-season rework? Go, yeah, well, unfortunately they won't allow it, but, uh, but five. It's, it's, five would be interesting. So how many in it? Uh, it's ten, ten, ten competition. It's yeah, not four. Got to be five. Yep. Should be five. But I, I understand. So, so it's not going to line up with the VFL finals because they have eight, don't they? Uh, they do. But remember, uh, there's one week with the first week of the VFL men's finals. The women are playing because they've got that whatever exhibition match they're coming up with this year on the same day as the uh, same weekend as the Legends weekend. Ah, uh, yeah, with the round, the round twenty-three. Yeah, or yeah. Or the the. Round 23.5. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the AFL buy. So, so that, therefore, and then they reline up again when it's VFL men's semis, then it's women's semis, primaries. I, I hope they do Victoria versus the All-Stars at Whitnoval. Surely that's got to be in the works. Well, that, that, that's, yep. that's, a, that's a talk. Love it. It, it, and make Katie Brennan play for the All-Stars. Uh, it's a state of origin rule. You've got to, you've got to oh, that. interesting. You've got oh, to, don't start me on state of origin rules. <laughs> you've, got to bring, don't start you've got to bring your passport, and whatever, wherever it says your birthplace was is what it is. And we've, ac- we've actually got coming into the commentary box now our player of the day in Brianne Moody. She's so tall, she almost hit her head on the way through the door on the door frame. Brianne, uh, thanks very much for joining us here on the uh, post-game show. Is relief a word to be used for the Eagles to get the points today because it was a thriller of a contest? Yeah, definitely. We um, worked very hard through pre-season. It was obviously we had three different groups of people in the AFL girls, the youth girls, and then all the new girls yeah. training back at Cranman. So we expected that it would take a few rounds for us to all click, and I think the last few rounds were pretty close, but this one um, definitely was good to pay off all the hard work. Now, now just one question before I throw it to the others. You sung the song twice in there. What's the story? <laughs> Apparently our coach wasn't even in there for the first time, so we, we were all a bit like, oh, should we sing it twice? But he was like, no, nah, you deserve it, so. Yeah. Fantastic.
I've, I've got to ask, Brian, where were you actually playing today? Where did you start? Where did you move? Because you seem to you seem to be a little bit of everywhere today. Is that generally the plan? Um, not necessarily. Usually, I'm I'm uh, starting in forward, rotating through ruck. But um, I yeah, I think I played a little bit of defence. Then they just wanted me to, to use my body a bit, so just cut some some of our players loose and um. Yeah, so I just worked around the ground pretty much. <laughs> Very good. You were a bit of a goalkeeper there in the last quarter. Yeah, I um, bloody good ones. <laughs> I kicked a couple of points early, and I thought, well, if I'm going to get one, now's the chance. So I thought I'd better not stuff that one up. <laughs> so, and how much did it mean to have um, to have Bridie Kennedy, who's relatively undersized, come into the ruck and just give you something different? She seemed to get on top and give you guys a bit of drive. Yeah, definitely. I haven't seen brides do a lot of ruck work, but apparently that's what she um, played for the Stingrays and through youth. So, yeah, definitely gave my sister Cara and I a lot of confidence to step back, and, and she had a crack in the ruck, and she did a bloody good job of it. So, yeah, she's definitely she flew through the air, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. She'll be one to watch for the future. And um, the question remains, have you ever seen a bigger midfielder than yourself, uh, Brienne? Do you think one exists? No, when they said <laughs> that I'll be in the ruck rover, I was like, oh, this is, that's a funny joke. Like, they're like, no, 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 serious, we want you to use your body in there. And I thought, oh, okay. And I lined up against someone who was probably shoulder height, and I thought, okay, this might be all right. <laughs> it's funny when another ruck rover's just looking up going, what the hell is going to because Emma Mackey actually looked over, and, and Emma's semi-new to the game, and looked over and was trying to work out why you were standing outside the circle and Bridie Kennedy was standing inside the circle. So she went over and stood next to Bridie and went, oh, hang on, no, no, no. Went over and stood next to you and pushed you and then kind of asked you, what are you doing? Yeah. And you said, oh, and then you pushed her back and said, yeah, let's go. It was definitely uh, one way to trick the opposition, get inside their heads. <laughs> now, can you tell us a little bit about a couple of players impressed me today? First of all, Alicia Johnson, who was everywhere in that first quarter, and also Nicole Garner. Yes, definitely. Um, both very strong players. Uh, Leash has been at the club for a little while, plays defence, loves playing up the wing. And Nick from Gippy area, she joined Cranman last year and played a few games. And, yeah, very strong runner, um, takes the game on. So, yeah. They gave you a really good run for your money in the midfield there early on, uh, Emma Mackey in particular. Um, How did you uh, go about quelling them? Yeah, I think once we just settled into our own game plan and stayed a bit com- uh, composed and started putting our pressure on the way we wanted to, um, we got uh, on top of them, yeah, pretty good. Just use body, just spun on pressure and that sort of thing. Yeah, and started playing our own game. And that's something your team, obviously, and your club, from what we can see, thrives upon. Is that something you guys talk about, That being that team, regardless of winning or losing, that you always make them earn it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, we love it if they come off the field hurting more <laughs> there was than a us. Few so. little, there was a few little niggles. I know certainly, uh, who are we talking about? I said Tess Thomas might leave in a body bag at all. She's <laughs> oh, yeah. falling for a fight. She looks like she doesn't mind a bit of a... <laughs> yeah, definitely. Tess loves to get in there and go hard. And, um, that's definitely one of her strengths. It yeah, worked. Crazy over that. Were you surprised by their start? They really came out 100 miles an hour. They did. They came off came on pretty hard, but we thought, again, once we stayed composed and settled into our own game, we'd be able to get on top of them. They're definitely one of the teams that we thought we would be able to beat, and we're, I'm glad that we came away with the win. Um, they definitely made us work for it, but yeah, I wasn't too worried early. I thought we'd, we'd be able to get, get on top of it. Classic case of 75 <laughs> minutes you dominated the game, but the first five, is it, is it, have you, has it been like that during the year where you've started slowly, or is that something that's been looked at? Yeah, probably. I think it comes back to being a relatively new side, lots of new girls, lots of girls that haven't played before, and it just maybe a bit of nerves in the first five minutes. It just takes a little bit to settle in and relax and, and focus on what we're here to do. 
Excellent. Now, you've got a week off with a Queen's birthday, a long weekend. What's the plan? Has uh, the coach just said, look, everyone just split, get away, have a week off training, or are you going to have a harder session this Thursday to make up for no match next weekend? So we've got a pretty hard session booked in for Tuesday night. We're heading yeah. down to the Woodford Gym. We've got a couple of boys that uh, come and help us out, trainings, yeah. warm us up, cool downs, that sort of thing. So we'll go and do a session there with them for a couple of hours. And, um, yeah, Thursday off to enjoy the long weekend. And then when you come back, a big game, twilight match. I think it's about 4.30pm at Casey Fields on the main ground against the old local rival, Seafood. Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember that one last year. <laughs> Such a good atmosphere. And I think we were so close to getting there. So uh, hopefully if we take all our strengths from this game into next game, we should uh, should be able to get on top of them too. Well, Brian, thank you very much for joining us on the post-game show on RSN Carnival. You get the $50 Rebel Sport voucher for being thank the player today. Congratulations. Get inside, have a shower, celebrate the victory. And we look forward to seeing you throughout the remainder of the season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's Brianne Moody, of course, our player of the day here on RSN Carnival, the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. Congratulations to her for a fantastic performance. In the end, it was Cranbourne 5-6-36, defeating the Box Hill Hawks. 3-5-23. You can see, smiling from ear to ear, the relief, <laughs> the victory, that's four premiership points in the bank. Yeah, and they, you could tell as well that maybe that was what cost them in the first five minutes, is they weren't sort of, they were a bit too focused, and they yeah. were a bit sort of hard line, Dazed. and then they... They were dazed, they, they? And then they were like, let's just start playing football, come on, let's, you know, let, let's, let's just get back to what we know, and, and as I say, for 75 minutes after that, they really did, did dominate the game, and yeah, Brian certainly... Um, Certainly the best player on the ground, but that was the thing. They they had six, seven, eight that were looking, that were pretty good. Looking at her stats, actually, when she talking about, it, she didn't actually have a touch. Obviously, she had a few hitouts. She didn't actually have a touch in the first quarter. But mm. then, bang, 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 and she had close close to well, they didn't have many, every quarter. Yeah, they didn't have many winners in the first quarter. No, this is very it's, true. It feels like a long it feels like a long, long time ago now. It but does. They they did. It doesn't feel like the same game. Does it, it doesn't feel like it felt like a different game. They they reached their way back into the game by by basically just keeping it out wide, and they did the same thing in the second quarter. And I think that move of Kennedy to the ruck was what changed the game. Absolutely. Not just... It went from, from stalemate to slightly on like top. Obviously, she did really well in the ruck, but what the move did, and allowed both Cara and Brienne to, to utilise their strengths, and I, I think she was... She was fan- I think she was fantastic, and it's obviously it won't work as much to have Brienne in against a midfield that's you know, smarter about, not just smaller, but smarter about know how to deal with it. But it's certainly a great little tactical manoeuvre, and someone who, um, obviously she she sounds like she loves kicking, kicking a few goals and staying forward, but to be able to have one, one of her in the back line and perhaps Cara sitting up forward and Brighty in the ruck, it's a, it's a fantastic asset. It was a fascinating tactical battle because you had Boxer who were dominating the clearances early. But then they weren't really able to to get any. Well, well then it then it actually evened up. I mean, taking away the first quarter, then then they only it was pretty much both sides. Yeah. In the second quarter, it was six to three in Box Hill's favour. But then the next quarter, that quarter we're talking about, where Kennedy moved into the ruck and Carabrian kind of floated around the ground, then they actually had more clearances. So that was, well, I guess, that's the tale of the whole game, really. In fact, the clearances were Box Hill 21 to Cranbourne 17. And well, there you if, go. if you hadn't had the start of the game, you would have thought it would be close to 21 zip yeah. at and one they, stage. And, and it just, they didn't seem to run as deep this week, Box Hill. No, for they reason. didn't. They did look lethargic and a bit heavy, didn't they, towards the end of the did game? Uh, 
Did Mel Kais have a bad game? She no. didn't seem to, to okay. get involved. She didn't have much of an okay. influence, though, yeah. did she? As, I mean, she had we, 18 touches, but she didn't... No, she had no influence, you're yeah. right. Yeah. As we said while you were in the rooms, Nick, she, she probably had 70% of her positions on or behind centre. Not really necessarily and I think they go. would obviously want her to be forward, but they don't have enough midfield depth mm. to be able to... That, that's that. why I think last week when she got injured, it was almost well timed because they threw a few other names into the midfield, and uh, and it, and I reckon it helped them out big time when she went forward. But I noticed on the board at three quarter time again something I kept under my hat, but you can't really tell the whole story at, at the start of the last because we only have limited time. But they only had one rotation off the bench. Okay. So mm. normally you'd have two or three or at least someone from a half or flank or or whatnot. It was sort of just. It was the main three and then one on the bench. And and Kai's probably, like a lot of them, Kai's, Mackie doesn't come off a whole lot, but Kai's probably only plays 70% game time. And it's, it's an interesting an, tactic, it's isn't it? It's only an 80-minute game. It's a really, yeah, it's a really interesting tactic. I and mean, she'd, it, she'd run marathons in her spare time. <laughs> you know, there's no fitness But in, issue in women's, it's hard now when they all used to say the old kind of um, resting forward, you know, someone like Koch or something like that, rest mm. forward, but you can't rest forward anymore in the men's game because everyone is just running and covering so much ground exactly but you can rest i mean it's not it's not i don't think it's yeah. offensive to say that you can rest in the women's game particularly on a ground like this that's massive and you could have a you could spend a fair bit of time for watching so oh, but you, i think that's the problem though because of the it's whole an interesting team, tactic because of the whole team defense thing and we know patrick talked about that in the pre-games is, is you don't want to give the other yep. 17 the impression that someone one there's a one resting but, it's um, kind of Dane Swan esque. If you watch if you watch one of Dane Swan's games like the Waddle, like, like the waddle <laughs> um he he would spend as much time on the bench as he did on the ground. He would come off that often. He probably covered the most K's running to the bench. But look at him getting forty touches every yeah, week. I think they realise with Swanee that we'll just put our seventeen around where he is. <laughs> because he doesn't know where he's gonna be. He just just see ball get ball or what see ball waddle to ball. And they, they worked it. I'll, ne I'll never forget when he took us apart. The poor old Saints. We were six uh, goals up, six goals up in the first quarter, and then they were that was when they were trying to play Swanee Ford. There you go. Later he, in loved, his career. he loved coming forward. And, didn't they just, and then they just said, "Nah, give that a rinse. We'll put him back <laughs> in the midfield and cut us to pieces." Just want to uh, pick out one player that, if the Fox Hill Hawks had gotten up today, I thought would have been would have been a go for probably best on ground, and that was Shaylee Taylor, who had the oh. job on Jacobson and just yep, very good. cut her out of the game. Just Jacobson had no influence on this game whatsoever. She was off. You could tell Jacobson was off. She had a few mark. She had a few uh, uh, opportunities to take yeah, marks yeah, inside definitely. 50. They just went through her hands. But yeah, and she... you've got to be smarter than that. I mean, everyone. I think everyone at any level, no matter how good you are in a certain team, there's going to be a stage in your career where you've been tagged for a specific reason or been worn like a glove. And you just, you have to, I mean, she's got no help from her teammates, to be well, fair as well. You need to you need to give your teammate a hand in a game like that when you can see they're down. And she was, I mean, you've got to be, you've got to be better than that. Yes, she tagged well, but at the same time, Jacobson's clearly had a very, very poor game. I'd say what, if I was Shaley Taylor, I'd be straight down to Black Rock tomorrow at 6am. She'll be sore. She ran around. She ran all over the place today. She did. Yes, yeah, she cer she certainly copped a few heavy tackles as well. Uh, that was the worst because they were always searching. There's not much of her either, there, is it? They missed the target. She always had three people tackling her. <laughs> it, it was odd though because Jacobson, like in the AFL women, she was one of, if not the leading marker in the competition. Mm. But what they had her doing here, they had her so deep that she was just out of the play. Yeah. She should have just been. They should have had her pushing further up the ground to actually well, get her into needs, the game. Well, she needs to be smarter than that. Yeah. She, you need to. And I've, we spoke about it with Jess Cameron, and uh, I'll bring the old flat trap bully uh, saying out again. But 
you've got to be. She had there was a game where she had one touch and she never got near it because she never ran hard enough up the wing to go and get it. You can't wait for your coach to yeah, say she's only you have used to, to run on 15 metres to bowl bowl the ball. She doesn't bowl, please. <laughs> She certainly won't be doing that at Box Hill, that's or, for sure. Or 20, 22 yards to run between wickets. Yeah, she doesn't run it. between wickets yeah, no, either. No, she gets no, fours no. and sixes. <laughs> anyway, it's the rating. But that, you've got to be, you've got to be smart about that. You've got to just take it. And if the coach tells you no, fine. But you've got to, you've got to take some initiative. But that was the thing. That was what was mentioned. It was let's play smart football. I still don't know what smart football is. If anyone can tell me when a coach says let's play smarter, I'd love to know what that is. Oh, good. I've been playing dumb this whole time. <laughs> yeah. We were trying to turn it over. <laughs> side that wins has played the smartest football. SMRT. Uh, Cranbourne 5-6-36, defeating Box Hill today, 3-5-23. Before we preview the three games coming up this afternoon here on RSN Carnival as part of our uh, VFL women's coverage, I just want to focus on one player and your thoughts of where she might go in the draft, and uh, that is Bridie Kennedy. Oof, of course, she was, I'd the, be wanting it. she was the co uh, uh, best and fairest in the TAC Cup girls, along with Chloe Malloy. The reason, of course, again, while they're co as well, is there was like two pools of six how they ran TAC Cup girls this year. So Malloy on one pool, best and fairest, the other best and fairest, Bridie Kennedy. Where do you think she may go? Well, I, I, reckon, I reckon she'll go late. I reckon yeah, you'll, get yeah. her, you'll get her for not much. She's still developing. Because yeah, you can't, she can't, while she was good today, she, she certainly couldn't be a ruck. She'd have to be a pinch hitter. And, but oh. I think she's a, certainly she's a development player more than she is a, an impact player. But I would certainly have my, I'd certainly have my eye on her. We've, there's been a lot of, I mean, Brody Grundy, who I think when it's something like 18 or 19 for Collingwood, you knew he was going to be a good player, but teams Time. just kind of, yeah, teams just kind of said, yeah. oh, I think me, it's that kind of... Correct me if I'm wrong here, but she does remind me a little bit of Bailey Hunt. Mm. Okay. Mm, yeah. I think a pretty similar character. I mean, Bailey's only 20. Yeah, so, yeah uh, Bailey's still... Bailey's still and and it, sounds, it sounds ridiculous, but that's where, um, I mean, you can play in the ruck at this level, but then where do you fit at the next level? And, and the other thing to remember is none of the Melbourne or Victorian-based teams are really looking for a ruckman at this stage. They're mm. all pretty well off in that, yeah, in that category. So I don't know what the... I don't know. I don't think Carlton or Collingwood are going to be interested. No. Nah. But, but I'm looking at someone like... If she doesn't go this year and there's new clubs that come in in 2019, she's first pick. I'd certainly be looking. Yeah. I'd she, certainly be watching she, her. That's for sure. I'd I, be watching how she goes. I think she started in defence, if I'm correct. So if she develops that aspect of her game, maybe Melbourne and might take her as a late pick. You joke about it, but quite seriously, you, you have long flowing hair and a pink bow. You'd seriously, people notice that. It's kind of like the old umpire vote thing. It, you joke about it, but it's, it's actually Gar- it's actually true. It's the old Gary Ablett, Bill uh, Hanna special, the bald head. No, it's the old... Uh, the Shane Wawa tips. Uh, <laughs> they were the days. Or the helmet. You run Acker. around wearing the helmet and everyone notices who you are. What about Acker? They were the days. Oh, jeez. What a man. Uh, I, think, I, I, I think, though, that uh, Katie Brennan still owns the bow. Mm. She still owns it. And the long flowing, the long flowing hair that but kind this, of is like a mane behind it. But, but now, but <laughs> now I think she's been one up because Katie's is sort of that. Oh, I reckon it'd be oh, two centimeters of. of oh, this is how descriptive. Oh yeah, <laughs> two centimeters wide. Where I reckon, I reckon the Kennedy one was a good five. Oh, it kind of po- poked up, didn't it? Seems yeah. like it was uh, more, more for show rather than Katie's as a. Uh, Probably more practical uh, thing to keep her hair back. Not, not that the, I would not know. Not to mention it was a bright pink. <laughs> yeah, if she's, but um, jokes aside, I'd be watching. I'd certainly be watching yeah. her. 
just before we go, uh, we've got five minutes before we uh, jump off air, but some around the ground, uh, sorry, some tips for the games that are happening at other grounds uh, today. Uh, interesting to know your thoughts. I'll start with you first, Nick. Uh, RF Miles Reserve, 2 p.m., Seaford hosting the VU Western Spurs. Very interesting. I haven't actually seen either team play this year, so I can't give that great of, um, of a call. I do like the look of the, the, the Spurs' list, though, and I think they're, they're, they're going to be a, a strong team, maybe not immediately, but in time. And Christy, as we probably would have seen in the video, the Spurs did push Melbourne Uni last week but failed to have any real scoreboard impact. Oh, no, I didn't see it in the video because I was watching the races, Pete, of course. But, um... <laughs> Surely you were listening to the races on RSN 927. But... Yeah, and watching them on yeah, Sky Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think uh, I, I echo what Nick said, that they're probably not thereabouts this year, but Seaford will make them earn it, and mm. there is I don't think any greater home ground advantage in the league right now than RF Miles Reserve honestly, it's a, it gives you a couple of goals I reckon, and it's a pretty hostile place to play in a very good way and I, you know, they make you earn it, as I said about Graham, and they certainly make you earn it, Seaford, so it'll be very it'll be a few saw for you Western Spurs tomorrow, I think. Who's winning? Seaford, home ground. Spurs. Spurs, just. But um, I wouldn't be flipping the coin. I reckon Seaford will beat them. Seaford are due. They're just due. They've been terrible this year. They would have been, they would be, uh, if they internally would have expected to be going a lot better than they oh, are. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, heck yeah. They would have been, I don't think they would have expected to make finals, but I reckon they would have been challenging. Fifth or sixth, be just on the cusp. Well, they kind of, like, as they finished seventh see, you want to be competitive. Even yeah. when they lose, they still, but they still last year were, were putting on a good show, but this year, they haven't made teams earn it quite as much. They've mm. rolled over, they've rolled over a little bit too much, and they're allowing teams, and they're not a good outside team. But that's fine. They're we, not doing those strengths. Did we do them in round one? We did them in round one or round uh, two. We did them in round. We did in round two and round three. Yeah, because I remember listening in round two, and, and I Geelong. remember everyone was a little surprised that mm. Seaford were just never really in the game. When injuries have hurt yeah. them. Yeah. And but injuries they, hurt a team like that a lot more because there isn't as much depth to cover them. Just going through quickly, guys. Main Oval and Melbourne University hosting the Eastern Devils. Both Melbourne Uni have just so much depth now. You've got Talia Randall coming in as well. They're just... They're just built stronger than any other team at the moment. They've got more tall. They're just hoarding all of the, the tall players in the competition. <laughs> and, and not only the competition, the bloody country. The, the country, yeah. They've got they've got all of the, all, all of the tall. Tell you what, though, Eastern Devils. They would been very. Speaking of internally, very disappointed. They would have been very bitterly disappointed at the way they lost. And you could see. Major had a lot of relief, and the way he was after the game, he's kind of that that nervous kind of happy, where he was just it just it <laughs> felt like felt like a weight just went off his shoulders. Yeah. And I would they will be wanting to put on. They need to play well. It's They'll probably lose, but they need to play well. It's funny when he came into the job just so, as sort of a. You know, it was. Uh, now he's coaching, of course, assistant at Collingwood. But maybe when he came into the job, it was sort of just as a. Maybe he was thinking it was going to be one year. I don't really know. But he sort of came yeah. in. He was happy-go-lucky and and whatnot. And now he's just he's stressed <laughs> every week. He's, he's got lines on his face now. He's going great. But, he's, but the good thing for them is they don't want to overdo it. They don't want to overdo it. The Eastern Devils. They've just if they. I don't know. It's it's that jump from becoming a there thereabouts, and they got smashed last year in the finals. Now they are a good side. I actually think they can still win the flag. But they've, and well, they've got, got plenty get of that... players to come back in too. And Perko will probably come back for finals as well, which is a pretty big in. They've just got to get all the other crap out of their heads mm. and just play the game. Mm. Yep. Just finally, before we jump off air, the game first versus second, plenty War Memorial Park, Diamond Creek and Geelong. 
Well, are Geelong really an undefeated top of the ladder team? I don't really think yeah. they are. I don't think anyone <laughs> like thinks they fixture. are. Lack of a fixture. Yeah, so I, I, I can't. I think they might get a reality check. Yeah, I think they will too. I, I, I think Darwin Creek as well equally need to make a statement. They need to say this is not just show. We are actually here to play this year. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think you. I think Geelong might surprise you a little bit. I think I think I hope, you're built, I hope they do. It's <laughs> nice building into a season. They've built into yep. a season. That's like the Talk grand rounds of the world. Bloody road trip though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a fair hike. It's a hike for me in the eastern. So I'm sticking out to that hole. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on, hang on. <laughs> you won't be invited back. <laughs> no, I don't want to be invited back to bloody Eiffel. That's where I tore my hamstring off the bone. <laughs> it is on top of a hill though. To be fair, but then slightly down a dip. No, I don't. Don't. Not. Not the best of friends. I had making my debut for for Box Hill last year and uh, first ball of the game did the splits, tore the hammy and thought, no, I'm not going. I can't... Were I... you attending something athletic in the field? I, I was. What and then the next... <laughs> I was at point and I said to the... I said to me, I said, never field at point before, I don't like it. Split... Did the splits and thought, oh no, I've never torn a muscle before, I didn't know what it felt like. And then thought, no, I'm not going. This is the first ball I've been here. Second ball had to go and take off and then it really... That's oh, when it, went, it ripped off the bone and... <laughs> So I did stay on the field, but that's uh, that's my hate fairway. <laughs> you used to love that hitting it to a point field when it had clearly never been there and it spin on the second bounce. And they, no, no, I didn't it wasn't do that. One of those. <laughs> wasn't one of those? No, didn't do that. The grass was too luscious <laughs> and my spikes didn't get in. That's why I did the splits and that's why I will hate plenty for the rest of my life. Thank you very much, Sarah. <laughs> 6pm that game, you can head down to Plenty War Memorial Park, Diamond Creek and Geelong. We better jump off air. It's almost 1.30. It's 1.27 here on RSN Carnival. We're back on air Saturday, June 17th at 2.30pm at Melville Oval in Hamilton for Melbourne Can't U wait. versus the Darabin Falcons. Can't yes, wait. it's our trip away. Nick Necropontis, thanks again for all your work today. Thank you very much, Peter. And keep, out, keep an eye out for his work in uh, the leader or whatever newspapers you're writing for. Yep, should be, should be a review of this one going up in the leader sometime during the week. Keep an eye on their website. As always, Christy Williams, thank you very much again for all your work today on stats. Yeah, uh, just the stats. You well, didn't okay, like any of my comments? Then, then maybe the, well, mate, <laughs> and thanks, my story? Thanks, thanks for the hot chocolate. Oh, so, oh, oh. Okay. Well, Pete, I cannot wait till next Saturday. It's on in the Saturday commentary. Week. Saturday week. No, no, no. Next Saturday, oh. Pete, I can't wait. It's on in the commentary team. Power and the Bombers. Me, V, Coxie and uh, Peter Holden, so uh, can't wait and someone will be filthy. Might be me. Yeah, probably will be you. <laughs> uh, Dan Hill, as always, thanks for your marvellous work. Thanks, mate. It's an absolute pleasure to be here and I'll leave us with this posed question. Why does the game have to start at 11 o'clock if there's uh, nothing else on afterwards? I know, it is just... If it, and if it had started, there was that much fog. I know, look at the sun now, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> it, it, it's a puzzling, puzzling decision. At least but, they had coffee. But nonetheless, it means you can go out and watch those 2pm VFL women's games. I'm Peter Holden. Thanks very much for your company. I'll catch you again on RSN Carnival, quarter past six Wednesday evening for the Girls Play Footy Weekly Show. Until then, it's bye for now. Winners today, Cranbourne by 13 points.